<laughs> you want my on? Okay. We are on. So we're going to start again. Can you guys hear me? Can anybody hear me? Am I hearable? Yes? Okay. All right. Good evening, supervisors. Good evening, staff. And good evening, Loudoun. I'd like to call to order the December 13, 2023 Loudoun County Board of Supervisors public hearing. As a reminder, all members of the public addressing the board this evening, you may sign up to speak on matters that are on the agenda and advertise for the public hearing. You may speak on one item. Due to the broadcast delay, any member of the public who are not in the room um, wishing to address the boards on items two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, and 10, which are on the consolidated agenda, please call the number that is scrolling across your screen at this time. If you've signed up to speak, you'll be allotted two and a half minutes. If you're in the boardroom, we ask that when your name is called, you come to the podium that's closest to you and state your name for the record. The timer on the podium will indicate your remaining time. When your time has expired, please yield the floor to the next speaker. If you are providing comments via telephone, I'm gonna ask that you start your own stopwatch if you're at home because you're not gonna be able to see our board's um, t uh, clock. And I don't, I don't like stopping people in the middle of their comments. And so keep your watch and when you get to two, two minutes and 30 seconds, I will stop you, but I won't stop you before that. Um, and when we're taking public input, I will first ask people in the boardroom, and then I'll go to the people who are online. The moderator is Lisa Kinnis. Um, Lisa, can you hear me? Good evening, Chair Randall. Yes, I can hear you. Good evening. I want everyone to remember that there is a, a slight delay between the broadcast and the boardroom. Um, before I go on and say other stuff, would everyone please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance? <clears throat> I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So, so Loudon, I don't know why this happens, but Supervisor Sainz and Kirshner seem to have a Pledge of Allegiance contest, and so they both like to out-Pledge of Allegiance each other this time. And I think Mr. K Mr. Kirshner won this time. I think Mr. Kirshner won that this time. Um, <laughs> so this, a couple things I want to say before we start. I, I believe the vast majority of you are here to, to speak on the um, zoning ordinance rewrite, which this is incredible to have all of you here. And first of all, thank you. Most of the emails, in fact, the vast majority of the emails we have received are people sending us emails encouraging us to pass the zoning ordinance rewrite tonight. I will tell you, I don't think that there's any, any, any possibility that the zoning ordinance rewrite won't pass tonight. We have been working on this for four years. Much of the input has come from the people who are sitting here. The staff has worked really hard on it. I don't know what the exact vote will be, but I do know that there's five people up here who are gonna vote for the zoning ordinance rewrite. We have right now 53 speakers on that item alone. If you wanna speak on that item, absolutely speak on that item. But if somebody else has spoke, spoken, they've said things that you wanna say and you just wanna show your support, you can do that. If you wanna stand up and show your support, you can do that. If I get to your name and you think that's already been done, you can just say, I, I associate myself with someone else's comments or whoever else's comments and you can do that. You, don't, you, don't, you may speak on the item if you want to, absolutely, but you don't have to speak on the item um, because you're worried that it won't pass. I just don't, I just don't 
don't believe there's five people up here who won't vote. I think it's going to pass handily. And I really do appreciate all the support from many people in this room, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later. In the meantime, the board will hear the following items as a consolidated uh, hearing. As a reminder, items on the consolidated agenda is because there are no outstanding issues, staff has recommended approval, the applicant has waived the presentation, and no public speakers have registered in advance to speak on the item. Supervisors, if the item is a... Um, is a countywide item, I will make that motion. If it is a district-specific motion, you make it. If it's a district-specific motion, the district should change next year. The person whose district it, 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 it is in right now will make that motion. Any questions? Okay, so for items two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, and 11, I'm sorry, 9 and 10, and thank you, Ms. Brixman. Are there any members of the public um, who wish to speak to the board re regarding any of those issues tonight? They are Verizon Cable Franchise, the draft legislation program for 2024, adoption of the Housing, housing Choice Voucher administration, Administrative Plan, proposed conveyance of five acres of county-owned property, property, including various easements to the town of Percival, um, and by the way, I, uh, the town of Percival's mayor is in the room tonight. Uh, Mr. Mayor, this item's unconsolidated, unconsolidated so I do not um, uh, believe there will be any issues. But I did want to thank you um, and welcome you to the boardroom. Where are you? Will you stand up, please? Mr. Mayor, thank you and welcome to the boardroom. So I, th I think this item will be fine tonight, but I do appreciate your coming. Thanks so much. Um, uh, proposed conveyance of 3.16 acres of county-owned property to J.K. Land Holdings, LLC, vacation of private right-of-way, um, RDAP 2021-0006, proposed amendment of a section of Bonnie Court and conveyance of abandonment right-of-way, that's the Algonquian District, Legi item 2023-0024, Broadland sections 104, GCPA 2021-0011, special exception 2021-0055, special exception 2023-0001, that's in the Ashburn District and Legi, there's the Cascades Marketplace. Um, it's um, item it's Legi item 2023-0040, ZMAP 2022-0015, ZMAP 2022-0053, ZMAP 2022-0054, ZMAP 2022-0054, I'm sorry, 55, and SPMI 2022-0011. Is there any people who'd like to speak on this item? And moderator, are there any speakers on, on the phone who want, who'd like to weigh in on these items? Chair Randall, no speakers are online for those items. Yeah, I'm sorry? Oh, no speakers are online for those items. Okay, supervisors, if you go to your consolidated sheet, I will, I will do the countywide items. Um, the first is the Verizon Cable franchise. And will the board supervisors approve motion 2B for approval of the agreement renewal of, as provided in the December 13, 2023 public hearing item number two staff report? Second. <laughs> Motion's made and seconded. Um, by Ms. Brixman, discussion on the motion f on that motion for item number two. Seeing none, all in favor say aye. aye. Any opposed? That motion will pass. Um, eight zero one with Ms. Ms. Um, uh, Glass being off the dais for the evening. 
Item number two is a countywide as well. Um, I move the Board of Supervisors approve motion 2B for adoption of the plan and significant amendments as provided in the December 13th public hearing item number four staff report, and that's the adoption of the Housing Choice Voucher Program. Motion has been made, second by Mr. Sains. Discussion on that motion. I have none to ex except to um, profusely thank staff for all their work on this item. All the people who say aye. aye. Any, any, any oppose? That motion will pass 801. Item number three, Ms. McClellan, where is she? How, there she is. How are you? Ms. McClellan, I'm going to read the motion on item number three. Uh, and then you let me know. Hold just a second. You let me know. It's, it is the, the draft motion is move the Board of Supervisors forward to propose 2024 legislative program to the January 10th, 2024 Board of Supervisors public hearing for action. What did you want to, what should we be adding to that? that, that what, don't, what don't I know? Madam Chair, you should be removing the words emergency vehicle access to the agritourism event structure from your um, your policy statements in attachment two. In attachment two, okay. It's page 15. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Any, any, any discussions on that? All right, so with, with, the, with the removal of those words, the motion has been made. Is there a, is there a second, on, second on the motion? No, that's not a straw poll. It's not a straw poll. That's just, it's just the, the item, the item. So discussion on the motion of the ledge item. The only discussion I will have is this, and this is more for Loudon. Um, every year we do a legislative item, and it's what we put to the General Assembly um, for things that we as a county um, are asking the General Assembly to advocate or not to advocate. Uh, this is the first in the process. The General Assembly um, process of, of adding and taking away things goes probably until the first, until, until before crossover. And so in the, the first week of the General Assembly session. And so um, this is just the start of it. We will have our meeting supervisors with the General Assembly members on the 3rd. Is it the 3rd of January? Is that right? Is that right? Okay, so we'll have the meeting with the General Assembly members on the 3rd of January. I am already getting calls from General Assembly members who are saying to me that, they're, that they only have so many bills that they can file this year and asking that people have bills that they really want to, members to keep spaces for to let them know so that they keep those spaces and so all their, all their spaces are not filled up in the, in the legislative, in their leg, what they can put in legislatively. So that's just a FYI. All right, all the people say aye. Any opposed? That motion will pass 801. Item number five is the Catoctin District. Uh-huh. It's not, it's, a, it's Blue Ridge right now. It's gonna be Catoctin next year. Mr. Bufferson went, mm. yes, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, I move that the Board of Supervisors approve motion 2B for approval of the proposed conveyance as provided in the December 13th, 2023 public hearing item number five staff report. Second. Second. Oh, I'm gonna give it to you. Okay, I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna give it to you, but boy, 
Yay. Mr. <laughs> discussion on the motion, Mr. Buffington. Just that this is conveying two county-owned properties totaling about five acres to the town of Percival, and happy to be doing this. Happy to be doing this, yes. All right, Any anybody else? All in favor, say aye. Aye. Any opposed? That motion will pass 801. Number six is the Catoctin District right now. So Mr. Mr. Tersner. I move the Board of Supervisors approve motion 2B for approval of the proposed conveyance as provided in the December 13, 2023 public hearing item number six staff report. Second. Motion's made and seconded by Supervisor Umstad. Um, discussion on that motion. Seeing none, all people say aye. aye. Any opposed? The motion will pass. That's an that that's an A. That motion will pass. Um, gosh, six, no seven, one one, with one being against and Miss Glassman off the dais. Miss Brixman being against the motion. Item number seven is the Algonquian District. Thank you, Madam Chair. I move that the Board of Supervisors approve motion 2B for approval of the proposed abandonment and conveyance as provided in the December 13th, 2023 public hearing item number seven. Motion's made, is there a second on this motion? Motion made, second by Supervisor. I think it should have ended with staff report, but. What? Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Item number seven in the staff report. Thank you, Madam Chair. Sorry okay, discussion on the motion. Uh, yes, Madam Chair, uh, just just for uh, the record, this is um, an item related to the Dogwood Farm Station application approved at the November public hearing. Um, it's to consider abandoning a section of Bonnie Court and conveyance of the abandoned right of way um, so that we uh, so that that development can move forward and um, staff recommends approval. Thank you. So um, with, with due respect, I'm going to vote against this because I voted against the item because I believe that the density is too, uh, is too heavy. Um, I, listen, we need, we need houses and we need, definitely need attainable homes, but I do believe that the density in this area is, is beyond what I believe is, uh, is, is appropriate for the size of land. So I voted against the item, so I'm going to vote against the convenience as well. All right, I'm going to say aye. Aye. Opposed? And that would be me. That motion will pass 711. Um, item 9, Mr. Mister um, Turner. I move the Board of Supervisors approve motion 2B for approval of the zoning concept plan amendment and special exceptions as provided in the December 13, 2023 public hearing item 9, number 9, staff report. Second. Discussion on the motion. Ms. Umstop. Thank you, uh, Madam Chair. I will be voting against this. This is uh, a conversion of office and industrial land to residential uh, with 136 units planned and additional cost to the taxpayers of $1.2 million in annual operating school costs and $4.7 million in capital costs. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I will be voting for this because the piece of land we're talking about has been sitting vacant and they have not been able to rent it or lease it to any office spaces. And the one thing that was on the piece of land was a bank and that bank closed, I don't know, two years ago. And so there, that, uh, that piece of property, although it is zoned for um, um, commercial, there's no commercial on it to the best of our ability, of, no matter how hard we tried to get commercial on it, not only is there no commercial on it, the commercial that was on it has closed 
closed, and so uh, versus allowing that property to, to continue to sit vacant, um, that will eventually become like a blighted piece of land. I will support putting homes there, and I think, and I know that the that the piece of property um, can um, can manage the number of homes we're putting there. So I will be voting for this. Anybody else? All people say aye. Any opposed? That motion passed seven one one. Item ten, Cascades Marketplace. Thank you, Madam Chair. I move that the Board of Supervisors approve motion two B for approval of the zoning map amendment modifications and minor special exception as provided in the December thirteenth, twenty twenty three public hearing item number ten staff report. Second. Okay. I guess that's Mr. Sainz. Discussion on the motion. <laughs> Thank you, Madam Chair. If my colleagues might humor me for, for just a moment, um, this has been, been one of the biggest projects um, I've been working on for the last four years. And if it's not the first, it is one of the first times that the county is actually revitalizing a, um, a marketplace area that has been struggling um, because we're generally over retailed in the county um, been working very closely with the folks that bought the property i think it was in my first year in office i was very relieved when they bought it we've been meeting regularly monthly for about the last two years to discuss um, upwards of 1500 comments that they received on their website about the um, revitalization plans um, we held two uh, public town halls about the um, project staff was a great help as well um, envisioning what we might do with cascades marketplace since it was clear that the retail um, and dining options were struggling and we really needed a new idea um, for what will go there now it will be a mix of um, housing retail and dining options um, it's already being repaired and painted um, we had a million dollar investment from uh, one life fitness and we have an uh, restaurant there called local provisions if you've never been there please do go it got a great review in the washington post um, and it's really it's it's delicious uh you know sort of farm to table food um, we have uh two other um restaurants coming in shake shack and i think it's called miko and a third that's on the bubble so it's it's really exciting the way it's going to look we're going to have parks um taking over some of the parking areas unfortunately we can't uh we can't get rid of all of the pavement because Giant was the initial um, uh, uh, company that built the marketplace, and so they have sort of a covenant over how much parking they have, they want, and they have to have. So that was a little bit of a challenge during the application, but we are going to be able to make some more green space there. And another really interesting thing that I've been able to work on with the Heritage Commission and visit Loudon and the applicant and with staff's help. Um, we will be placing an interpretive sign there that will um, talk about the uh, black-owned farms that occupied Sterling, um, the Eads, the Noakes, and the Ewings. Um, and one of them was actually at Cascades Marketplace, so there will be an interpretive sign there that will be on our um, like Heritage Trail tour through Visit Loudon talking about the farms that were there. They really were um, using the newest technology at the time, and uh, it's a really interesting story. So... Um, with all that said, I'm, I'm very excited for the plans, and I really appreciate Planning Commission's 9-0 um, vote for approval, and I would appreciate my colleagues' support. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Umstop. Well, thank you, Madam Chair. 
this again converts uh, what is currently commercial to mixed use with a very large residential component of 755 units, uh, which is going to cost the taxpayers between $4.3 million and $4.9 million a year for school operational costs and between $16 million and $18 million in capital costs. Uh, given that, I will be voting against it. Thank you. Um, thank you. First, I want to, on this item, I want to compliment Ms. Brixman. Ms. Brixman, the work you've done on this on this project, you and you and your staff, prior and current, has just been amazing. If anyone had ever gone to the, have you gone to the Cascades Marketplace? It was going dead. I mean, like store by store by store. Uh, when the Hallmark store left, I was just heartbroken. And at some point, I think it was, you know, they had the. Um, the senior center, the library, and I think Giants is maybe all that's even open over there. It is a completely dead shopping center. Now, you know, I think we have to take a look at what we're doing for our shopping centers anyway. I, I like the idea of adaptive reuse. I like the idea of doing something different with them, which is what we're doing here. But when you have a, 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 shop, a shopping center go dead, it is going to inevitably um, um, lower the property rates of the houses that are around the shopping center. And so versus having a dead shopping center, we did do um, what's called a mixed-use development, which means we're putting homes in to, to bring more retail back, and the homes will support the retail that's there because it was just retail, and there just wasn't enough homes there to support the retail. And so I am very happy to support this because we've gone from a shopping center that was dead and literally starting to look a little blighted into one that's going to be completely revitalized with new restaurants, new shops, um, and homes. So it's not just homes. It's, it's a mixed-use. It's a mixed-use development, and so I'm thrilled to support this. And and you started working on this when you first pretty much th this was when you first stepped on this dais, and you've been working on it ever since. And so to all of your staff, to Ray Banks, to Ethan, to everybody who's worked on this, compliments to them because this has been a very very um, you've turned you've turned this shopping center around and bought jobs and bought um, tax revenue and all those things that were not there before because it was a dead shopping center. So congratulations. Thank you. You have, you have a closing. I, I do, Madam Chair. I just want to correct the record about the number of units that could potentially be built there. Um, in Block C, there's an option to have um, upwards of 435 units, but also there's an option to have 100 single-family attached units only. So there's no guarantee that this is going to be over 700 units. And um, lastly, the uh, Block A will not be developed until about 10 to 12 years because there are some 10-year leases in that block. So that apartment building that is planned with its own parking structure um, could be upwards of 350 uh, rental units, which we desperately need in the county. Um, so uh, we will know, the market will dictate what will go in Block C, and then Block A will probably come in about 10 or 12 years. Lastly, Madam Chair, if I might mention, I forgot in my opening, um, we have been able to negotiate voluntary proffers with the developer that includes a number of amenities for the community, including um, two off-site bus shelters, um, a shared-use path along Cascades Parkway, 
Um, we also are building pickleball courts next to the senior center, which they've been asking for, and also a dog park behind the library. The rest of the um, proffer money will be dedicated, uh, and that will be millions of dollars, will be dedicated to the much needed renovation and expansion of the library and the senior center. So again, I'm really looking forward to our public facilities also being improved as a result of this project. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. All right, all in favor, please say aye. Aye. Opposed? That motion will pass 7-1-1 with Ms. Umstadt voting against the motion. All right, supervisors, that is the consolidated agenda. Let's go to the ledge items. We're going to do item number one last because the other two items are pretty fast. Um, we only have, um, or they have three items, to pretty fast, and we only have one or two speakers on each item, and there's no um, presentation by an applicant on the, on the items, at least that's what I've been told. <laughs> then there's no presentation by the applicant on each on each on any item, so we should move. This should move along pretty quickly. Um, although there are lots of people leaving, because I think that they know. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we're ready when you are. Any updates? Which one? Uh, number eight. Number eight. We're well, on number eight. I no. No, I said eight. One is Dazor. Eight. Good evening. Good evening. My name is Allison Britton. I'm with the Department of Planning and Zoning. Uh, in light of the agenda ahead, staff has prepared a short presentation on this application, but would be happy to forego the presentation tonight and answer any questions. Staff does recommend board approval subject to the conditions of approval. Uh, the applicant has deferred their presentation, but is available for questions as well. Wonderful. Mr. Gunnar, have we met Allison before? You have briefly. She's we have briefly. Uh, been with the Customer Service Center for a number of years and just moved over to Land Use Review relatively recently. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. Supervisors, do you have any questions at all? Okay. Um, I have been informed that the applicant was not, did you, did, is, did you want to give a statement? Yeah, turn your mic on, sir. I defer to the staff application that we put together. I think it's self-explanatory. All right. So, if so there are any challenges to our application, I'll be happy to respond. Okay, Supervisor. So, so let's spend time asking questions to both the applicant and staff if we have questions at this time. No. Okay. Seeing none, I'm going to call on the two people who are here to speak on this item: um, George Ann Overman and Donnie Walker. You, the two people speaking on this item, would you please come to the podium? Good evening. My name is George Ann Overman. I'm a resident of Loudoun County. I'm completely in favor of the owners being able to continue operating their short-term rental. The staff report mentions it perhaps only briefly, but this has been in operation for a couple of years already. The report states, this is the staff report, that the property is located in a rural historic village place type and that the 2019 general plan contemplates a variety of appropriate rural business uses in this place type, including hospitality services such as bed and breakfast, country inns, and rural resorts. 
Short-term rentals don't appear in the general plan because they didn't exist in the zoning ordinance in 2019. I don't understand why the property should require a minor special exception. There's no new construction, no adverse impacts. The use has existed without any complaints. B&Bs allow special events and daily parties. Short-term rentals do not. If B&Bs are an appropriate use in the rural historic village place type, short-term rentals should be welcomed also without requiring the owner's expense and the county's time to obtain a special exception. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and Mr. Walker. Good evening. I'm Donnie Walker. Um, I don't know the applicant, but I worked on this uh, procedure for the county for a long time, and I think this is an unintended consequence of a new regulation. I think this is an expensive, uh, time-consuming thing for a small operation. It looks like this operator has been there and complied for several years, and now they have this huge expense on a very small property. Yeah. I move and ask the board, please refund them the fees for this minor special exception. They have a great staff. I'm working with this staff currently. I'll be in here uh, several times making the same application. I think that the other operators that are doing the same thing in the same type of zoning district are going to be faced with a very expensive uh, thing that they'll have to do as well. So I think if we could take this one, refund the fees, and somewhat grandfather the applicants that have tried to do what we've all tried to do from day one. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Walker. Thank you for everything, in fact. All right, Mr. Buffington, would you like to make a motion? <clears throat> Thank you, Madam Chair. I move that the Board of Supervisors suspend the rules. I'm Second. Second. <laughs> All right. This motion to suspend and second on that. Discussion on the motion to suspend. Seeing none, all in favor say aye. Aye. Any opposed? That motion will pass unanimously. Mr. Buffington. Thank you, Madam Chair. I move that the Board of Supervisors approve LEGI 2023-0087 Kloppingberg short-term rental specs 2023-0024 Subject to the conditions of approval dated November 29th, 2023, and based on the findings for approval provided as attachment one and two to the December 13th, 2023 Board of Supervisors public hearing staff report. Motion is made and seconded by Mr. Kirshner. Mr. Buffington. Thank you, Madam Chair. Yeah, I agree with the speakers. Um, in, in my mind, at least, this was an un unintended consequences, uh, one of the unintended consequences of us passing the short-term residential rental um, ordinance in, in that this gentleman already had a short-term residential rental since 2000 or since 2021 that had been in operation and when we started talking about short-term residential rentals basically airbnbs and other platforms like that uh, we call them short-term rentals when we started talking about that uh, nobody had to register with the county or anything like that there really wasn't any ordinance on it at the time but eventually we asked them, if you're, if you're already doing this in Loudoun County, please register with us just to let us know you're doing it. And uh, Mr. Klockenberg uh, was one of the ones who did register along with many others and let us know that they were doing it. And then when we started collecting tax on it, uh, TOT tax, Mr. Klockenberg uh, paid his TOT tax. And then we passed the ordinance and uh, all of a sudden, in order to continue doing what he was already doing and in compliance with the county, he now had to spend how much money does it cost approximately staff for a, a minor special exception in this process? 
the minor special exception fee is around $3,200 yeah, for he, others. At, all of a sudden had to spend $3,200 uh, to, to do this so he can keep doing what he was already doing in compliance with our, uh, our, I guess I would say, our zoning administrator's understanding or opinion on the matter, which was that they could do it. So um, this isn't for every Airbnb that's in the county because in most districts, it is a by right usage, which means they would not have to do this. But in yours, which was a rural historic district, I believe, uh, you had to do it because it was not a by right use and it required a minor special exception. I know others, to include Donnie Walker, who spoke just now, he's going to have several of these he's going to have to do just to keep doing what he's been doing. And I know there are others. So um, I don't think we can do it right now in this motion, but I hope that. Uh, any member of the board that's going to continue to be here in the in, in during the next term uh, someone will bring forward a motion that corrects this problem uh, for the short-term rentals that we're already in operation had registered we're already uh, paying their TOT, TOT taxes so that they don't have this uh, really unnecessary burden of paying this fee just to continue doing what they were already doing so sorry that that took three minutes to say but I wanted to get it out there thank, thank you Mr. Mr. Poppenberg Thank you, sir. Um, did you want to say something? Yeah, one, one other thing. First of all, thank you. I realize we have to have rules for this sort of thing, and I'm happy to abide by them. In fact, I'm 100% compliant, but for the CR1 zoning, which I think staff support suggests should be by right anyway. Um, or, you know, that was my take from the report. So you know, I don't know if that could be amended, but I'm open to that. I'm open to refunds, but I don't, ex <laughs> I don't expect, expect them. I just hope that through this process, you've all learned something. <clears throat> I believe I'm the first person to go through this whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think we've learned a lot through the process. Hopefully if the next group won't, you know, it'll be quicker and easier and maybe less onerous. Uh, yeah. But I'm, I'm satisfied with today. Thank you, thank you. Mr. Kirshner. Thank you, Madam Chair, and thank you, Mr. Buffington, for your comments. I'm gonna agree with you 100%. And I thank you, Mr. Klavenberg, for going through the process. Unfortunately, you became the sacrificial lamp to demonstrate to us that sometimes there are intended consequences to Regulation. I hope we can uh, remedy this in the CR1 district. Come um, when we when we visit some of the rural um, rewrite um, beginning of next year and throughout the spring. I'm sure we'll be addressing this. Um, as as we all know, these are these BNBs are a very integral part. These Airbnbs, as well as the BNBs and all the other um, overnight stays that are in Loudoun County, are a very integral part of the rural economy and service many folks. We, we don't have hotels, motels in the western part of the county. We have our people go out there and they ha if they were going to stay the night or they're going to visit our wineries or breweries or our marketplaces, they're going to stay at one of these places. And uh, not only are these BBs paying 8% in taxes, but now it appears in some of these districts they're also having to come in for special exceptions, which really, as a county, we should try to avoid because it does stymie significantly the importance role that these play. So thanks for coming in and doing this, and I'm certainly going to supporting this uh, special exception. Thank you, Mr. Kirshner. I will associate myself with Mr. Buffington and Mr. Kirshner's comments. Mr. Turner. Mr. Turner. Oh, are we? Okay. Yes, Thank Mr. You, Mr. Turner. Um, I, I'm not sure uh, what happened here. It does sound like an unintended consequence of the short-term rental regulation. We banged that thing around for a long time, and uh, but not surprisingly, when it takes a long time, sometimes some things uh, unintended slip through the cracks. Um, Madam Chair, um, I would be interested in taking this specific issue 
related to this uh, instance to TLUC for more examination to see if we can come up with a recommended solution immediately in TLUC. If we wait until the rural CPAM zoning is done, we're going to have a whole lot of people like this gentleman coming before us mm -hmm. having to pay for mm -hmm. special exceptions when, in fact, it might be a quick mm -hmm. fix that TLUC can recommend back to the board. Yes, yeah, so I agree. And how about this? How about for our last meeting in December, you bring that motion to send it to TLUC, and we'll do that on that motion in December. How's that sound? That sounds good. Thank okay, you. sounds good. All right. Motions made by Supervisor Bepton. Would you like a closing? Just want to thank you for doing business in uh, Western Loudoun and being part of our rural economy. It's very important. And uh, I looked at the at the packet item. It was very well written. So good job, staff. And it's clear that you are being a good neighbor and you you're uh, at the same time bringing new new revenue into Loudoun County and uh, helping us with our tourism. So thank you so much. Thank you for that. Thank you for your service. Um, and now that I know the rules of the road, I'll make continued investments in Loudoun County. Yeah, those rules might change though because <laughs> because they should. That's good. For the better. For the better. For the better. For the better, yeah. All right. All in people who say aye. Aye. Opposed. That motion will pass unanimously. And Mr. Mr. Turner, I'll look for that your your motion for um, for the meeting um, the next the, on the nineteenth, and probably we could put that on consent. Unless anyone has issues, we can put that motion on consent. Okay. All right, next item is item number 11. Um, it's the Lansdowne Boulevard rezoning. And we do, the, the um, applicant will come to the table, but there's no presentation you're gonna be doing tonight. You're just gonna answer questions if needed. Give me one second, Ms. Porter. Not quite yet, just give me, you're not, you're not give me one sec, okay? Just, yes ma'am, just hold on just a second. It's not quite yet. Okay, because they, they have to talk to us first. I'll call you. When, I'll call you when we're ready. Yeah. Okay. Just because. My name is. No. Well, okay then. Talk to you at the last. No, no, no. We're gonna. No, no. Go on. No, no. No, 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 no. Yeah, you're good. She's good. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Memory Porter. I live in Lansdowne Woods, and this is a repeat of what I said last board meeting. I continue to be worried about the traffic light if it is warranted, and when there are accidents occurring, it will be warranted. And the developer is only responsible for one third of the cost, and I've been assured by Supervisor Turner that the other two thirds can be found. So I'm fine. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ms. Porter. All right. Um, don't know if there's anything else we need to do right now but make a motion to be quite honest. Oh, Ma'am, this is a returning item. It's ready for your action. All right. You guys have anything? Is anybody else want to speak on this item? Does anyone have any questions? So I can make a motion, Mr. Turner. Uh, yeah, I would, and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me off guard. You're moving way too fast here. Uh, hang on. Item number 11. Item 11. I got it. Number I 11. Yep. In Leggy. I'm usually much sharper than this, really. No, he's not. <laughs> and now my iPad hangs up. Thank you. Uh, I move the Board of Supervisors approve Leggy 2023-0026 Lansdowne Boulevard rezoning. 
ZMAP 2021-0024, SPECS 2021-0060, ZMOD 2021-0093, and ZMOD 2022-0073, ZMOD 2022-0074, subject to the proper statement dated November 8, 2023, conditions of approval dated July 27, 2023, and based on the findings for approval provided as attachments one, two, and three to the December 13th, 2023 Board of Supervisors public hearing staff report. I'm gonna second that one because it's in Lansdale. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Turner. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, we've done some research on this and I know the community and the, the conservancy um, feel pretty strongly that you cannot build a data center on this piece of land. Um, in fact, the situation with the land is that it is, it is proffered, protected um, by a proffer, a prior proffer that, that the Lansdowne Conservancy is involved with and can enforce. Um, so if this got voted down and the houses were not built, what you would have is a planned development office park piece of land, but it's subject to a prior proffer. And that prior proffer says you can build a structure on this property that meets the following criteria that satisfies as an office park. My concern is under the, even though uh, after tonight, presumably any office park piece of land will require a special exception, um, the land is subject to the prior proffer. So if a data center came in, bought the adjoining land, also subject probably to the private prior proffer, combine the two pieces of land and conform to the prior proffer that Lansdowne Conservancy can enforce, they could in fact build a data center as long as it met the parameters of that proffer. Now, we have not gone into the granular details of what that proffer is, but given the, pre the uh, um, premium that's on, on office park land in the county right now and the fact that I got singularly burned in um, the, the uh, the property down next to Clyde's that we worked on for a year and then turned into a data center in the last month or the last week before it was approved. I am very, very, very reticent to open this land up. This is my personal feeling to turn down a, a, what I consider to be a, a viable housing project and open it up to the possibility that data center will go on that land. That's just my own opinion. So I just want everyone to be aware of there is a lot more at play here than just yes or no on the housing. Um, and I want my colleagues to have that background. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Brixman. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. I'll definitely be supporting um, this application and this motion. Um, I've fortunately or unfortunately had the opportunity to spend a good amount of time over in the Innova hospital area and office spaces, and I feel like I drove past that, um, that parcel uh, several times. There are a number of homes that surround it. I think it's a, I think it's uh, you know it conforms with what's going on around it, and um, we need to have more housing in the county. So happy to support. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Letourneau. Um So I, I don't. I hate to support something solely because don't want it to be something else. I would be interested. I don't know if there's an analogous situation, but I was. I would be interested if Mr. Rogers has that same concern. I would have thought that the OP designation in the zoning ordinance, even with a prior proffer, would supersede. But, and I don't know, Mr. Rogers, if you want to opine on that in this forum or you want to get back to us. Mr. Rogers? 
this is a fact-based investigation that you'd have to go through the proffers on to see what restrictions are there. We have generally looked at it and find that there are some restrictions, but I think as Supervisor Turner mentioned, those restrictions could possibly be overcome. Now, in terms of your question of whether you should be vote, you should be voting on the application for what it contains, but other by right uses are a valid consideration. Well, that was yeah. My question was more: does does the board's designation of OP as no longer by right following presumably this meeting would that supersede any other action? In other words, all all data centers going forward in OP would require a board a legislative application. Right. You are correct. It will want, it, the once the ZOR is in place and that special. And why, why would that not apply then to this? Um, it would apply to this property. I would say that it's exempt from its application under the ZOR because this application came in first. Well, this application this is application, not for a data center, but though. not for data center. So if they were to do a data center, they would have to start over. Yes, sir. And at that point, the ZOR would, would be applicable, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So I'm not sure I have that same concern. That said, and I'd be interested to hear this at the closing, um, I think, Supervisor Turner, that you support the application anyway. Um, I don't really personally love it, but I will defer to the district app, district supervisor in this case. I don't feel that strongly about it, but maybe in your closing, you might you could just address the kind of substance of it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Ms. Umstep. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, this is another example of uh, commercial land being rezoned to residential. This is for 120 units with uh, just under a million dollars a year in operational costs and almost $5 million a year in capital costs. Uh, this brings the total of the um, additional school operational costs up to a about $7 million um, in the votes that, that have, are taking place tonight. Uh, for those reasons, I will oppose it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Mr. Mr. Turner, is this the same property, property, is this the same piece of property you were talking about before? On the consolidated was Broadlands 104, the piece of land down by Clyde. This is, this is the one in Lansdowne. This is the but one but so you're, but had the bank on it. So your issues are, okay. Um, so. A lot of times, it's funny because, no, I'm, okay. I'll, I'll get to you, I promise. A lot of times when I'm making decisions, I, I, you know, if I'm not sure which way to go, I ask myself the question, what would I do if this was my house? What would I do if this was near me? How would I, how would I vote? Would I just don't, well, I'm kind of on the fence. Well, this time this is easy. This is my house. This is walking distance from my house. This is, this is like down the street. Um, it is true, Mr. Letourneau makes a good point. I, I believe that, that I know this piece of property, it's a good place for um, housing anyway, because again, it's another one of these properties that are sitting um, undeveloped for commercial. I wish we did have all these commercial, um, you know, um, possibilities coming in that Ms. Umstead's talking about, but we don't, and they've been sitting there for years and years and years and years, and there's no commercial going in them. Um, even if it's a specs, you know, as much as I appreciate our data center community, data centers do not belong in neighborhoods. 
in residential areas, they do not belong in bucolic corridors at all. So even if it's a, spec, it's a spectrum they'd have to come back, I don't even want to give a shot of something like this in the middle of a neighborhood being a data center. I think would be completely, no, no, thank you. Thank, yeah, the, yeah, jazz hands, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, so, so, you know, I, al I always go like, if it was my home, what would I do? And, you know, I'm telling you, th this is, I, when, I, when, I, when I go, I was going to say running, but I don't run anymore. When I go walking, I pass this just like every single day. This is right, this is, from, from my house walking, this is seven minutes. From my house driving, it's, you know, a minute. It's right at my house. And so I don't want to take a chance on this being a data center, and we're not putting commercial, we, we haven't been able to find commercial to put there. If we could have, we would have already, and we haven't. And so, so, and so instead of leaving this on field, we can put the appropriate amount of housing there, and housing itself does generate revenue. I mean, it's not like housing only costs. I mean, housing generates revenue. And so um, I am happy to support this for a lot of reasons, one of the many reasons being I do not want to take a chance of this ever being a data center. Mr. Turner. Oh, thank you, Madam Chair. And to Supervisor Letourneau's specific point, I, I want to lead off with, I thought, the, the more um, critical information. Uh, I do want to commend the applicant. We've worked repeatedly with the applicant, and they have made changes and worked very hard. Um, my personal preference is I'd like the tour twos and back, not down on the on the avenue. Um, and I expressed that early on. Um, it's a little denser than I'd probably like. But overall, it's a viable, decent housing proposal for that piece of land. And I, even without the data center threat, I would support this application because I think it's a reasonable application and a, and a well-examined uh, well piece of land for exactly what you want to do for it. Um, so I have no problems at all supporting this application. Um, the one question you asked Supervisor Letourneau on, once we pass the uh, ordinance tonight and an OP requires a specs, um, I did have a discussion with legal staff specifically about what would be the impact of that on a prior proffer. The specs doesn't negate the prior proffer. You still have to comply with the prior proffer. Um, it, it gives the board oversight to what might happen on that piece of land within the confines of that prior proffer. But it, oversight doesn't automatically mean any kind of an ability to legally deny the application if it's in compliance with the, the prior proffer. I know that's a little fuzzy, and it's a little fuzzy in my brain, but there was enough doubt in there, to, in my mind, where I had a viable application uh, and, and, a, and a real possibility that I thought was a, a serious risk. So that's, that's where I came down on, on this uh, application. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have a point of clarification that might go to Mr. Rogers, because now I am confused. I'm obviously going to support this. And it goes to Mr. Letourneau's question. I just want to be, I just want to know that I know, that I'm, that I'm sure. So we're going to pass the zoning ordinance tonight. The motion was already passed to say that any OP property is going to require respects. Did I did I just hear it be said that, but maybe not? I, I, I miss what just happened there. Because if so, do we need to go back and do something else? Help me understand what, what just happened there. So we're talking about this property in particular, where I'd say you first would need to do a vested rights determination to see whether or not the uh, specs requirement would apply. We have not done that um, vested rights determination. So 
without such a vested right, and, and I don't believe that vested right exists, it would be subject to the special exception requirement. So the special exception requirement applies in general. We'd have to look at this property in particular. And the special exception requirement will still be in place even after we pass the zoning ordinance tonight? The, the special exception requirement is a part of the ZOR. Okay. So I'll have a longer discussion later. Thank you. All right. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Opposed? Aye. That motion will pass 7 1 1. And then the, the, not the last, but the last thing we'll do before we do the ZOR is item number 12. This is the Aligned Energy Data Center. Would staff please come to the table? Good evening. So once again, even on this one, I do believe that the presentation from the applicant has been made. So you're here for questions. You won't have a presentation though. Wonderful. Yeah, I know, but not from the, there's no, there's no new presentation from the applicant. Sorry, minor technology issues. It's okay. So there are 14 slides. You guys just want to give us the highlights or changes? Correct. Okay. I'll just, I'll run through here really quick since we know, yeah, it's not. Here we go. You just have to have someone that knows how to do it. <laughs> I know. It was very odd. I don't know why. All right. Thank you so much. I apologize for the delay. So I will just do a quick presentation. So again, um, thank you, Madam Chair and fellow supervisors. My name is Lori Radcliffe Myers with Planning and Zoning, and I'll be presenting Aligned Energy Data Center. So again, we know where this is located, um, you know, 10.14 acres. It's in the 2011 Broad Run Election District, 2022 Sterling Election District. So again, the proposal is to rezone the 10.14 acres from the R1 single family residential to the PDOP plan development office park to um, create a data center. There's also a specs, a SPIMI, and two Z mods associated with this. Again, the background, there is already a current building on the site. They are adding an addition to the backside of the building. So following the um, Board of Supervisors public hearing on, in October, the applicant did go back and they did reduce the FAR from the 1.13 to the 1.0. They did reduce the height of the building addition from the 99.5 feet down to roughly 72 feet. And then they also revised the proffers to address the dedication of South Sterling Boulevard and the stormwater management vault system. 
So even with the revisions that the applicant has made, staff still is unable to support the applications due to the architectural design not meeting the SPA design guidelines. The building height of 72 feet, even though it, it is reduced, it still is more than what is envisioned within that place type. It does help with a transition between the two different place types, but the building height is still uh, too high for staff to support the building. And then with the, with the ZMOD um, application request to allow a 99-foot tall building within the parking and building setbacks, staff is unable to support the application due to those issues still. And um, this is just the elevation, so you can see that the, um, there's been a reduction in the addition to the, to the backside of the building. So that's what created the uh, decrease in the FAR, which was asked by the board previously. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do we have questions for staff? Yes, I'm stuck. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. We have two orange sheets at our places, um, alternative motion to approve and then findings for approval. Have you all seen these? Do you know the source of them? They grafted them. The source is not on these sheets. They grafted them. So, Chair. Yes, Mr. Hemstreet. Okay, so the, the staff recommendation is for denial. And so the main motion in your packet is, is the motion for denial. However, our understanding is that there may be some board members who want to move for approval. So this, we, as staff, we prepared the motion and the findings for approval should the board want to approve the item. So that is a staff, so the, what you have in front of you is a staff motion for approval with staff finding, recommended findings for approval should the board want to move in that direction. So, Madam Chair, Mr. Hemstreet, are both of these, these are different, and they're both for approval. Were both of these prepared by staff? Both those were prepared by staff. If you look at those, one is a motion, and then the other, it, the, the other item is the findings for approval, which is referred to in the motion. So those two pages go together. All right, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Mr. Turner. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, staff, I just, I wanna clarify, on the transportation proffers, so the applicant is proffering the dedication of the right-of-way um, easements and then the storm water management vault system. Correct. Am I correct that without that proffer, the county would have to buy that land and install the storm water management itself? And if, if I am correct in that, what would that cost be? Uh, correct. From my understanding, that is uh, the case. I do have Marie Pham with DTCI that can answer exactly what the cost would be. Uh, Marie, are you online? I am, Lori. Can you all hear me? Mm -hmm. Yes. We can hear you. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, Supervisor Turner, the additional cost estimated by staff to install the stormwater vault and get a permanent um, easement from the property owner was roughly an additional $4.6 million. Right now, we do have an offer um, that's being worked out with the applicant for $2 million. So the total cost is $6.6, .6, but it would be an additional $4.6 for the county. Okay, thank you very much. That, that answers my question. So um, I understand staff's uh, criteria, um, but the, the main building is, is being built right now, correct? Correct. It's, yeah. So this is in addition to the main building? Correct. 
Um, so you have essentially an incremental impact on what is essentially an industrial neighborhood, and the county is saving $4.6 million with this application. Correct. Okay. Thank you. Ms. Uh, Brixman. Thank you, Madam Chair. So I was a little bit confused when you talked about the 99-foot building. So is there still going to be a 99-foot building? Is that what they already have approval for? Correct. Okay. And so that was a rezoning a while ago. Well, that was a buy right. So they're located in the Route 28 taxing district, and it was an optional overlay that allowed them to do a buy right data center within the R1 zoning district. So they built the 99-foot high building by right, and then they came in with a legislative application to add the additional square footage to the building. And the additional buildings will be, building will be 72 feet now? Correct, they reduced be, um, at the previous Board of Supervisors right. public hearing. There was a request um, to bring the FAR down to 1.0, and so they reduced the height of the building down to 72 feet now. Okay. The back, the back side of the building, correct. And um, I guess I'm a little confused why they could do a 99-foot building by right, but then we have to approve a building that's 72 feet high. It's With the FAR. Well, it was within the zoning ordinance, that optional overlay district allowed them to go up to 99 feet. Um, they, they, were, they maxed out their FAR under that at 0.69. Okay. okay. So to be able to get the additional, they wanted to rezone to the PDOP, which would allow up to two FAR, but they were requesting 1.13. Okay, so then I remember. Through, yeah, through the meetings then, um, discussion was to reduce the FAR down to 1.0, which would be more in line with some of the surrounding properties. So the the buy right FAR you say you said is 0 0.67? 0 0.69. 0.69 and now they want to go to 1. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, and then uh, I, I may be mistaken but I feel like when I was reading the item that there's a sidewalk or a path that's not going to be built that was in the plan and it's not going to be built. Correct. So on the south side of the South Sterling extension, there was a sidewalk planned, but there's not enough room. That's why they're asking for the building setback reduction and the parking reduction. But DTCI staff agreed that the, the sidewalk could be on the north side of the oh, okay. South That's Sterling Boulevard extension. So there's still going to be a sidewalk. It's just going to be to the north side of South Sterling Boulevard. Okay, okay. I, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with going from the 0.69 to 1, um, but uh, I'll, I'll think it over. Thank you. You're welcome. Mr. Buffington. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, staff, can you go to slide 2? And then question for you. This property is zoned R1 for residential, right? Correct. Okay. So correct me if I'm wrong, but all of this... I mean, I don't see houses. I see industrial or office space, uh, probably industrial, right? Correct. This is surrounded by industrial. So as Chair Randall says, and I believe her and I agree with her, there are places where data sh centers should go and places where data centers should not go, in my opinion. Um, and then again, there are places where residential should go <laughs> and places where residential probably should not go, in my opinion. 
This, in my opinion, should not be uh, uh, the next residential development. This is a perfect place for a data center. So I will support it. It'll help our tax base. It's not gonna negatively impact any of our residents um, and their houses. Um, so that's all, thank you. Thank you. Mr. Letourneau. I second what Supervisor Buffington said. Uh, we need to support the applications that come in places like this so that we have an outlet when we have applications for other places where data centers don't belong. But this one is a good location. Thank you. Mr. Kirshner. I just want to say, if he seconds, I third what Mr. Buffington said. <laughs> Make the motion. No, 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 we have somebody that wants to speak oh, yeah. on this one. Do you have a, uh, actually, I actually, <laughs> Well, the second and the third happening, I have the question, do we have ample energy? Do we have ample power for this? Are there any power issues? Whoa, <laughs> yes, we have to, we have to check that. I'm, I defer to the applicant. Hi, Amanda Williams, Hi. Land Use Attorney with Cooley for the record. Uh, happy to be here on behalf of Aligned. So they have bridging interim power uh, from two nearby substations, and they um, already have coordinated with Dominion for the full power at another uh, nearby substation that's already under construction. So there will be, so that's a yes then. There yes. will be no need for any extra power lines anywhere to support this application that they're asking for today. Yeah, my understanding is that the, the, the lines that are um, in process to, to get to those substations are underground, and it's all already or in process. Did you say underground? Yes. Not, the, not like, <laughs> yes, they're under, and excuse me, I have Jess here from a line that may be able to speak to the power a little bit more specifically if you've got more questions. Which is a wattage? One moment, Jess. Is okay, ready. all right. Good evening. Good evening. Um, yeah, my name is Jessica Baker. I'm with Aligned um, Data Centers. And um, currently, what we, we have a phased power solution that has already been, you know, we've been working with DEV closely on that. Um, and like Amanda said, um, there are two substations, Pacific and Global, that are in the area that the bridging power is going to be coming from. And the duck banks that will feed the site <clears throat> are underground from those substations to the buildings, or to the building. Um, and then Ocean Court substation, which is slated, I believe, to be complete in October 25, that will be the final power feed for the building. Um, so uh, overall megawatts for the building is, <clears throat> if I remember correctly, um, about 72 megawatts. <coughs> Um, and so that's, but that's IT load. So there's a little bit, there's a little bit more power feed that comes to the building. So we have the state, we have the lines right now. They're already in process. They're underground in the, in the well, wattage. Sorry, they're being designed. They're designed and coordinated with DEV. But we already know where they're coming from, in other words. Correct. We don't have to create anything new that's or run good. lines from someplace else. And that, that's all done already. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. I feel, okay, cool. Very good. Mr. Sainz. Uh, we have one person to speak on this, oh. and it is Daniel, I think it says Daniel Tejada. Are you here, sir? Good evening. Good evening, and thank you. Uh, my name is Dan Tejada. I've lived in this county for 20 years in western Loudoun. 
And, uh, and uh, I would like to say that we don't have enough power. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, we are, Western Loudoun will be receiving, we'll be having thousands of acres of land taken away from us so that we can build a huge transmission line to, to send 13 gigawatts of power from Western Ohio, as far away as Western Ohio to power these data centers. Um, we didn't get a choice in this. The data centers aren't in Western Loudoun, yet, they, yet the grid will not be stable if we keep powering these things and not having local power generation. We're not the only ones. Lansdowne gets it too. Um, these, what they're talking about doing is an extension cord the so with 175 foot towers, a 200 foot wide swath of clear cutting through the most historic parts of our county that we were just talking about earlier. Wait, for this application? This, this, this is just supersizing another data center. However, if we keep approving these things, we're, we're, well, we've already approved, the ones that we have approved are enough to require this. By 2028, the currently approved data centers are going to require this. What, what I'm asking you to do is pause and stop, because yes, just this little data center is, is one of many, but there are many more that are coming that are already zoned. And we're asking you to stop and pause, or at least pause them until we can come up with a better solution for power than you know, a big power superhighway right through Western Loudoun. That's all I have, thank you. Thank you, sir. There we go, no, 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 no. Okay, okay. So the thing is this, <laughs> thank you first of all, Mr. Dahada. If I allow clapping and cheering or jeering, it, the, the boardroom can get out of, out of, out of control really fast, which is it's my job to keep the boardroom in control. And so as part of the rules of order for the entire board, not just me, we don't allow cheering and jeering, which is why we can do jazz hands. So, so I'm going to, even even if you're clapping for me, which I really appreciate that, but I'm going to respectfully ask that we, we don't do that because it's just part of the board's rules of order that, that we don't. We don't, we don't cheer and we don't jeer. Okay, thanks everyone, I appreciate it. Mr. Sanders, would you like to make a motion? Yes, ma'am. I move that the Board of Supervisors approve Ledge 2023-0035 Allied Energy Data Center ZMAP 2022-008, special exception 2022-0024, SPM 2022-0014, ZMOD 2020-22, 0028 and ZMOD 2022-0083, subject to the proffer statement dated November 28th, 2023, and conditions of approve. approval dated November 2nd, 2023, provided as attachments to and the three uh, to the December 13th, 2023, Board of Supervisors public hearing staff report based on the following uh, findings. One, the proposed data center use is core use identified in Loudoun County 2019 general plan for a suburb suburban industrial mineral extraction place type. Number two, the proposed dedication of right-of-way and pedestrian facilities along Relocation Drive and the dedication of right-of-way and improvements along Sterling Boulevard are consistent with the Loudoun County 2019 Countywide Transportation Plan. Number three, the applicant is committing to provide low-impact development best management practices which will help offset environmental impacts to the surrounding area. Motions made and seconded by Supervisor Sainz. Supervisor Sainz, why don't you do your opening, and then I'm going to ask my, um, ask my colleagues to allow me to, to kind of explain some history that may not always be known as it, comes to, as, as it pertains to data centers. Mr. Sainz, would you like to do your opening? All right, thank you, Madam Chair. I'm supporting this data center application uh, for 
a few reasons. One, there's already a substation that's being built currently right now that's literally a minute drive down the street from this location. There's another substation that this board approved that will be, again, another minute or two drive down the street that is in the works um, in close proximity to this data center facility. We have their uh, main building, which was by right as discussed by staff earlier, that's actually already built. Allied came, wanted to make an addition. We heard them. I had some reservations regarding their height, um, and a couple of other supervisors had reservations with their height that they're proposing. They listened. They came down. They worked with uh, our staff and came up with, uh, with the solution regarding the extension for South Sterling Boulevard, as well as the, the, um, you know, the, the pond, which we're saving altogether uh, $6.6 .6 million for the county for items that we're gonna, you know, transportation needs that we're gonna, that we're, we're gonna need already anyway, with our already approved Sterling Boulevard extension. This, as we mentioned earlier, this is in a industrial area where there's already actually right behind the site, uh, there is a data center uh, currently in use now with Barry Power Lines and also this data center, as was just stated, will have Barry Power, Barry Power Lines from the substations that I just mentioned that are a one minute and two minute drive from this uh, facility. Uh, for those reasons and those reasons alone, I'm able to, uh, to vote for this, for this application. Now, if they had not. Uh, I think your time is up. Okay, well, the time wasn't running, so. Okay. <laughs> but thank you. All right. You <laughs> was, was gonna keep going. Just for <laughs> I don't think I do not think so. So I, I just want to really click off quick off the clock. Just um, go through some things because I'm I I I, I if if I'm repeating something that people know already, I apologize. But this might be new information for some people. There is a belief that that this board or the last board, even the board before that, you know, has said yes to all these data centers that have come online. That is not correct. The last full zoning ordinance was done in 1993. In 1993, the word data centers like literally didn't exist. And so there's a there's a there's there's a there's a determination called um, Office Park, is that OPS Office Park, and that there is something called a by right use, and that you know if it's an office park piece of land, they didn't have to come to a board for a legislation to allow an office park in that land. When data centers kind of came online, and that's a longer story about how we ended up being the data center capital of the world, what, they, what, what was determined is that data centers um, could go in office park areas. And so that was done many, many, many years ago. And so what you're seeing right now is data centers going in areas that were, were designed for office park and they're going in there by right. In other words, they never have to come to us to do that. The zoning ordinance that we will pass tonight, one of the things in the zoning ordinance put forward by Mr. Turner and supported by, I think, I think was a, I think was a 7-2 vote, I think, was that any data center that wanted to go to an office park now has to come to the board. It's no longer by right. Has to come to a board to get a special exception to be a data center in an office park area. I say that because I can absolutely understand the frustration of why they keep approving all these data centers. Well, the truth is we haven't really been approving data centers. They were just, a, they were a by right use on, in certain places. And that will change if the, if the, 
uh, zoning ordinance passes tonight, but the ones that are already there and in place, there's just nothing we can do about those. And so I just want to give that, as, as we have these discussions going forward, just give that um, background and that information. All right, um, Ms. Umstuck. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, I will be supporting uh, Vice Chair Sain's motion. If, if you look at the, the photograph, you can see what is in that area. And uh, Supervisor Letourneau said this, this is a logical place for a data center because it's surrounded by data centers and other industrial uses. Residential would not be a valid use in this area. Furthermore, this is one of the few rezonings we get to vote on that goes from residential to a commercial use. And as I think every, everybody knows, commercial properties generate a lot more tax dollars for the county than they consume in services. With residential, it is the opposite. So if we want to grow our residential base, you need to maintain and grow a strong commercial base. And we don't always have office applicants, but this is a logical area to say, um, to agree that a data center applicant should get approved. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Mr. Turner. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, to the gentleman who said we don't have enough power, um, you are absolutely correct. Um, I had to give a presentation to the Virginia Association of Counties uh, on November 13th and did quite a bit of research that became far more extensive than I expected it to be. Just some quick numbers. Right now, Loudoun County has 175 data centers. I heard a story on the news this morning that Prince William is in a 26 hour, are they still going public? No, they're finished. 27 hours when they ended, over 37 data centers. I almost laughed at the radio, 37 data centers, and we have 175. We're currently using 2.64 gigawatts of energy. That's expected to double within five years. And hang on to your hats, AI uses enormous amounts of data, and they are consuming the data centers, and they use five times the amount of electricity that the current load uses. So the big answer, the strategic answer is, we do not have enough power. Stay tuned. You'll hear more about that in the coming months. Thank you. Mr. Buffett, no, I'm sorry, Mr. Kirshner. I'm sorry, I'll be back. Mr. Kirshner. Thank you, Madam Chair, and, and thank you, Mr. Turner, for sharing your thoughts. I agree with a lot of that sentiment. Um, I, I'm gonna vote for this application. Um, to, to the, uh, as I start dancing up here, to the, uh, <laughs> oh, was that you? To the gentleman who spoke, I appreciate you coming and sharing, and obviously there's a lot of folks in this room who are concerned with the power lines coming through Western Loudoun and where they're going to bring them. I've been on this like white on rice. I'm very concerned about it. There's obviously very logical places to bring power lines through right away, but not through the middle of Western Loudoun. I will fight incredibly hard to do what we can as a board of supervisors, what I can in my office. Um, we have already, I had several meetings already today in terms of some strategic plans on what influence we can have on that process. So as Mr. Turner says, stay tuned. Mr. Mr. Buffington. Thank you, Madam Chair. I would associate myself with Supervisor Kirshner's comments, and I too am concerned about the idea of a major set of power lines coming through Western Loudoun, uh, especially since I live in Western Loudoun. <clears throat> 
but that being said, um, based on the previous speaker's comments, in my opinion, he spoke as though this is going to happen and has been approved. And I just want to put on the record that it has not been approved. It hasn't even, the application to the SCC hasn't even been made. A company respond, a power company from Florida responded to a call for power uh, proposal and one proposal would run a, a line through Western Loudoun County. And that company, now their board of directors, has approved the idea of trying to move forward with it. So they will be applying to the SCC. That being said, there's a whole lot of public in input opportunity to the SCC. Uh, Leo, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. our county attorney. Uh, I believe that we are able to comment on that and provide pu public input as a county from the county. Mr. But Rogers? we do not have the authority to approve or deny that at the SCC does, right? Mr. Rogers. Thank you. I'm uh, sorry, Madam Chair. I should have okay. asked through the chair okay. to Mr. Rogers. Supervisor Buffington, you are correct. If it's a high voltage transmission line, its approval is through the State Corporation Commission. We get to comment on it, and in some cases, we have intervened in the case uh, in order to oppose or propose alternates. And of course, the board uh, members will be, I'm sure, led by uh, Supervisor Kirshner and Supervisor Tacroni on the next board will be sending you all information how to oppose this at the SCC if they actually do ap apply and move forward. I also know that there are local power companies who know our area better and don't really want a Florida power company coming into our area messing around and running stuff through Western Loudoun County that doesn't need to go through there. So um, I hope that clears up at least what I heard, which was that there's a power line coming and through Western Loudoun County because it could possibly happen but the approval, the application for that hasn't even occurred, and the approval for that definitely has, is nowhere near um, here and has not occurred. So thank you. Thank you, Mr. Buffington. So um, first of all, I associate myself with everything Mr. Buffington just said. I, 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 for everyone who's emailed me, my response back has been almost the same thing, that I will do all of my power, which is not that, not that much, but all of my power to, to, to not see a power line through Western Loudoun County come to fruition. I think that is just, and, and, and any of Western Loudoun County, let alone the historic village of Waterford. I mean, that just is absolutely ridiculous, to be honest. Um, on this application, this one's tough because, you know, it is the right place for for industrial use. It absolutely is, and I feel I feel comfortable that we have power. My 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 biggest concern is I really would like to start seeing our our, our economy be diversifying our economy. We are over reliant on data centers in the economy. So let me ask this question. Y'all may not jazz hand me yet. Don't jazz hand me yet because I'm not sure where you're going. Like where I go. <laughs> let me ask this question. Um, Dan, is there any possibility that anything else but a data center, not residential because we would never do that, but, but any other commercial or industrial use could be here other than the data center? In other words, this, the, 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 the company that owns the land that we're trying to build on is already, already owns the data center that is there, correct? Correct. All right, so, so it is up to them whether they put anything else there, and it's very unlikely they would put anything else there except a data center. Is that correct? Correct. All right. Well, then I, I think 
I'm going to very begrudgingly vote on this, and, and my, my concern is, is this, Supervisor, I've said this before. This is actually probably the, the, the one extension of, of a buy right data center that I would do, but for the most part, the problem with doing this is data center comes in and is buy right, and they say we want to have you know, 6.9 FAR. Then they come in and they say, we want to expand that. Well, by the time they finish expanding, we have like a whole other new data center. Right? I mean, like literally, we have applications that are doubling the size of the data centers. And so, yeah, they built the first one by right, but the second one is like, we have to do that. This one's a little harder because the land is owned by the data center no matter what. Um, there's nothing else that really can realistically go there. Obviously, we're not going to put homes there. It already has power. And so it just doesn't make, I can't make the case to not do it, but, but I will say that you know, going forward, this is I. I'm. I will be. A, I will be a no much more often than I will be a yes on extending data centers. And and the argument, well, it's already there, is not just going to be enough to get me there in the future. It's just not. So, Mr. Mr. Sam, would you like to close? Uh, yes, thank you. Um, I'll just quickly say. You know, I've, you know, I've heard a lot of my colleagues speak in regards to what's being proposed out in the western part of the county. I will share my thoughts and say I do not support what's being proposed. We worked very hard to get the state park up and running there. Uh, from my understanding, the proposal is being the lines will go through the state park. Obviously, we don't want to see that. Through Waterford, I say use the existing lines that are in place that are coming from West Virginia. Just change the, the lines to what you need um, to, to, to carry the power. But again, as I said earlier, this application has no bearing on what's being proposed out west. We already have the power right down the street for this um, for this addition. Um, as Chair Randall just said, the data center already owns a, owns a property. They've already built the the buy right use. This is actually just extending uh, what's being built or what it has already been built, where they'll knock down a wall and do the small extension. It's not going to be a completely separate building. This is just adding on an addition to what's already being built. Um, so that's why, again, I'm comfortable with this application, and as Chair Randall just said, you know, if others would like to expand what's already been built years ago and been in operation, uh, you you might have some difficulties possibly. Um, so anyway, I support this application. Uh, thank you. All right, motion is made by Supervisor Sainz, second by Supervisor Umstead. On favor, say aye. Aye. Opposed. Nay. That motion will pass seven. Oh, is that? There's just one one day, so seven one one. With Supervisor, um, I mean, Brixman voting no, and Supervisor Glass being off the dais. Okay, the Zor. Woohoo! Everybody, jazz hands. <laughs> yes. Yes, you should do that. <laughs> No, 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 I'm, no, I'm very, very, very sure. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that because that's... We're not doing that, we're not doing that. Good evening. 
Good, wow. good evening. Good evening. Wow. Good evening. There we go. <laughs> they, everyone is so worn out. This item is, is 1,490 pages long. <laughs> um, and you have, some, um, you have some updates that you'd like to share with us, yes? We do. If you could just bear with us one moment while we get set up here. We're ready when you are. That's not, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's going on with the technology today. Thank you, I think we're ready to go. We do have a brief presentation. Okay, we're ready when you are. Okay, uh, good evening. The purpose of this item is to conduct a public hearing and to consider taking action on the Zoning Ordinance Amendment 2021, which is the Zoning Ordinance Rewrite. We are working from the motions in the second supplemental staff report, and there are five parts to the motions. I will identify them just on this slide and talk to them a little more on the following slides. First, we're bringing forth a motion that if approved, you would be directing staff to revise the noise study regulations. Uh, next, you're considering an ordinance that would approve a new zoning ordinance, as you, as you were well aware. Uh, third, you're considering a grandfathering resolution, also an interim technical standards resolution, and that would apply to the facility standards manual and the land subdivision and development ordinance. And lastly, you're considering a motion that would direct staff to initiate review of the codified ordinances to update any references to the new zoning ordinance. We'd like to take a moment to recognize that this evening does mark the culmination of a collaborative multi-year project to completely rewrite the zoning ordinance to implement the comprehensive plan that you adopt in 2019. Uh, throughout the project, there has been public engagement and collaboration through focus groups, stakeholder meetings, open housing, open houses, and addressing thousands of comments that the public submitted by phone, email, and through the website. The Zoning Ordinance Committee did discuss the Zoning Ordinance Rewrite during 40 meetings from the beginning of 2020 to mid-2022 and the Planning Commission developed their recommended draft zoning ordinance during 25 work sessions that were held between September 2022 and June earlier this year. And as you're aware, in September and October, the board directed staff to revise the Planning Commission's draft zoning ordinance, making over 150 motions during eight work sessions. 
the final draft zoning ordinance you're considering this evening does incorporate those board does incorporate all of those board directed motions. I would uh, like to bring to your attention two issues that we noted in the staff report, and they're really not issues we just want to bring to your attention, a couple of revisions. No separate motion is needed for these two issues. They are already reflected in the draft final zoning ordinance or the final draft zoning ordinance. Uh, first, language clarifies that mid-block passageways are not required in all zoning districts, but only in certain zoning districts. Uh, second, the submission requirements for open space plans have been updated. Rather than requiring an applicant to submit new studies to document off-site wildlife habitat, the requirement is to show connections to any known off-site wildlife habitat. A third issue that's not on the slide, the noise study motion, it's described in the second supplemental staff report. A board submitted motion was inadvertently omitted from the motion sheets during the board's work sessions. And the motion, if approved, would direct staff to revise the zoning ordinance to clarify the process for noise studies, such as when and to whom the studies would be submitted, and would also ensure that any noise abatement measures identified in those noise studies would actually take place. Uh, turning now to the motion to actually adopt the new zoning ordinance. If you adopt the zoning ordinance today, it does become effective upon adoption. It will repeal and replace the current zoning ordinance. And properties under the revised 1993 and the 93 zoning ordinances would automatically become subject to the new zoning ordinance. For commercially and industrially zoned property in the Route 28 tax district, if a property is currently subject to the 1972 zoning ordinance, it would continue to be subject to the 1972 zoning ordinance unless and until the property owner elects to submit a ZRTD, which is a zoning conversion application or a rezoning application to opt into the new zoning ordinance. The next item you'll be considering is a grandfathering resolution and based on that draft resolution, certain legislative and administrative applications may be eligible to continue to be processed under the revised 1993 zoning ordinance after adoption of the new zoning ordinance. Uh, to be eligible for grandfathered status, an application must have been officially accepted by the county for review on or before the adoption date of the zoning ordinance. So on or before today, if you adopt the zoning ordinance this evening. Uh, it's important to note that an application could lose its grandfathering status if an applicant makes a substantial modification, such as increasing the density or adding acreage to the application, or fails to diligently pursue approval of the application. Next, you also are considering interim technical standards. It's a resolution. If approved, it would authorize the building and development director to issue interim technical standards and regulations. We commonly call these tech memos. They would be issued for the facility standards manual and the land subdivision and development ordinance. 
until those documents could be updated to bring them in alignment with the new zoning ordinance. And the process for that would be the development ordinance amendment process. So in closing, staff is recommending that the board direct staff to revise the noise study regulations and approve the ordinance, approving and adopting the zoning ordinance, approve the grandfathering resolution as drafted, approve the interim technical standards resolution as drafted, and also direct staff to initiate a review of the codified ordinances. So thank you, and we have the team to answer any questions you may have. Well, thank you. Okay, supervisors, if you have questions for the team, please put your light on, Ms. Umstop. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. So during the process, and I wanna thank you all for working so hard for so long on this, um, but nobody saw the final planning commission version until I think it was July of this year. So for a lot of people trying to follow progress on it, it that that understanding of, of what we'd be looking at was delayed until then. I had some concerns about this. Um, I shared uh, the school's concerns about how we were going to regulate floodplain use. Have the schools been satisfied that our new zoning ordinance would not negatively affect their recreational activities on existing or future school sites? Yes, we have been in communications with the schools and they saw no reason to come this evening. They're satisfied with the regulations the boards has recommended. Okay. On affordable housing, early on um, folks like Kim Hart were concerned that uh, their only option would be to create a, a planned unit development, PUD. Um, has that concern been satisfied? Yes, it has. We've added a lot of ability to modify, a lot of flexibility. So yes, that has been addressed as well. On the, I think it's now a 300 foot stream corridor buffer or riparian buffer. That is going to, I believe, impact mostly people who own land in rural Loudoun. Is that your understanding? And since they were not anticipating that this zoning ordinance would address rural Loudoun issues, have you had much or any input from property owners uh, who have riparian land on their properties? We have not had a lot of public input, and you know that would apply to any you know, stream or resource, not just Western Loudoun County, but the uh, one thing that we did do at the board's direction was add the ability to modify the width of that buffer. All right, and finally, um, I thank you for your work on modifiability and grandfathering. Um, have you heard from our various um, sectors that they are fully satisfied with the grandfathering provisions? I can't say 100% that anyone is fully satisfied. We have had some uh, comments that there's uh, some satisfaction. I think there's some concern about the Route 28 
tax district property owners. That's really the one thing that's kind of bubbled to the top. All right, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else like to ask staff any other questions? Um, I don't have. Just, just briefly, Madam just Chair. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for all the work you've done. I'll be real brief. I, could you give me a little more exp on this noise study, this motion or the amendment here that you've come with tonight in um, the supplemental number two? I was just reading through it. Um, can you, and I had, and something jumped up. Is this a, when did this come? Because I didn't see this till today. Okay, uh, this motion was included originally. Supervisor Sain submitted the motion, right. and it was included in the October 2nd work session packet. Okay. Uh, since it was in Chapter 10 and we were looking at 5 and 6 that I, evening, we pushed it forward, yeah. but we inadvertently didn't carry it forward. So that's okay. why we're bringing it forward this evening. Okay. I think I actually now do remember it, and because it, it came in after we had adopted it. Is that correct? Why, why are we dealing with it tonight is, I guess, rather We're dealing with it tonight because even though it was on the October 2nd work session um, motion sheet, we failed to copy and paste that over okay. to the um, October 16th. Yep. So it just fell through the cracks. I got it. Okay. Thank you very much. Yep, 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 yep. Anybody else? Okay. So there are quite a few speakers, and we it's wonderful. Um, we have been on the dais basically since five, and so we, if 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 people start getting too antsy, we may take a break in the middle of the speakers and take a quick, just take a quick break and come back. But we're going to start uh, going through the speakers right now that we that we have. Again, if you'd like to speak, absolutely. If you somebody else says something that you agree with, you can say, I associate myself with their comments or whatever, and, and keep going. Um, um, but. Uh, here we go. I'm going to call you kind of in in, um, in advance, and so you know that you're next up. The first uh, speaker is Susan Munch, followed by David Ducharme, followed by Stephanie Christensen. Good evening, ma'am. Good evening, Chair Randall, Board. Um, just. Before I begin my comments, thank you for all your support for not putting 300-foot-tall transmission lines through the National Historic Landmark of Waterford. <laughs> so my name is Sue Manch, and I'm the president of the Board of Directors of the Waterford Foundation. And first and foremost, I would like to thank the board, the Planning Commission, the staff, all the stakeholders for these four years of effort. We know how much this was needed. Of course, it wouldn't have been possible for everyone to get everything they wanted but I would like to request that we prioritize what was not addressed or completed in the 2024 work plan, which is the issues we face in Western Lab. Um, the zoning concerns and the challenges, particularly for those of us who have historic properties, are a true issue and one that needs to be addressed and actually fall within this whole question of the transmission lines. You have a trove of great public comments that I was a part of, and I know many of the people who were here were part of, and it would be great to start working with that while it's still fresh and while staff's work is still so fresh. We want to not have to do it over again, right? You don't need to have another 25 meetings. So we also hope the board will approve a comprehensive plan amendment that will identify compatible locations for data centers. You just did that tonight. Um, very similar issues face so many other parcels within Loudoun County, and we hope that they will include regulations 
about the high voltage electric transmission quarters. It's not enough just to have enough power, it's to figure out where is that power gonna be coming from because we now know it's coming from West Virginia or it's coming from other coal burning facilities just as we are decommissioning our coal burning facilities. We also hope that you will remove the by right use of land for data centers and that, that preclude the localities from setting any guardrails around their approval. We all use and need data centers. I play games on my phone. You know, we've got to have them. They pay taxes that support all of us, our schools, and all of us in the county. But at the same time, we want the National Historic Landmark of Waterford and the other beautiful spaces of Western Loudoun to remain available for all to enjoy without 300-foot-tall transmission lines that would be right behind my house. <laughs> so I get that same where am I living thing. Thank you for everything. Thank you very much. Um, David Ducharme, followed by uh, Stephanie Christensen, followed by Jill Norcross. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Um, thank you, Madam Chair and the board and everybody for your work. Uh, my name is David Ducharme. My family and I live in Waterford. I've been there since 2017. Um, I'm really pleased to hear the support against those power lines because I run through my neighbor's property right behind our yard. My kids are there all the time uh, chasing baseballs and playing with their horses and that sort of thing. So that would definitely uh, ruin the whole point of living there if that were to happen. Um, but even with that support against those power lines, which I once again I support, I think there's still a little bit of a challenge. And I don't know if this goes with the zoning and whatnot, but I wanted to raise it. Um, just with the whole idea of uh, data centers in general, the strategy behind them. So I'm not asking that we don't um, have data centers or don't approve more data centers. I work in technology, I work from home, I love them. But I do think that we can consider a few additional adjustments or thinking to the zoning um, or requirements for data centers in the future. So I just wanted to list off a few of those. Um, First of all, I think there's an opportunity for us to be a leader in building requirements for data centers because we are the hub of data centers nationally and globally um, in doing things like uh, requiring data centers to be more energy efficient. As you all know, they require a ton of energy. I read something today that 20% of all of the demand on Dominion Energy comes from data centers, period. That's only going to increase. And so there's opportunities for us to, in the building codes and permits to, to require that. Also, um, as we think about data centers, uh, from what I understand is that they don't bear the costs of any future infrastructure builds uh, required to support them, um, like power lines and that sort of thing, and those are then passed down to taxpayers and normal folks like all of us who end up paying for those because of our rates. And so there could be an opportunity to think about requirements that would put some of that burden back on the data center companies. Additionally, um, as we think about health concerns, we'd love to see more research done around continual exposure to low, uh, uh, the, the um, uh, electromagnetic waves. The NIH has a public-facing webpage that recommends that parents actually limit exposure to kids to those waves. Those are emitted from all of this infrastructure. Uh, this is NIH right in our backyard that says this on their website. Um, and my time's up. Stephanie Christensen is my wife. She was unable to make it because we had a babysitter fallout, so I'd like to think she might support what I say, but I won't speak. Who's <laughs> <laughs> next? Thank you. Thank you very much. I, like to, I, I do want to remind everyone that, that we are going to, next term, do a whole data center CPAM. 
Um, and so many of these things that you guys are saying, we're taking notes and we will, we will take those up. And, and, and also the rural zone, we have very early next year. So I just want to remind everybody of that. I mean, sorry, data center, um, comprehensive plan amendment. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Well, that's what, that's, that's, okay. Oh, you're saying to say what a CP, don't talk in acronyms. I'm sorry, you're co completely right. Jill Norcross, followed by Mara Wash Copeland, followed by Edna Cross. Good evening, Ms. Norcross. Good evening. Chair Randall and members of the Board of Supervisors, my name is Jill Norcross and I'm the Executive Director of the Northern Virginia Affordable Housing Alliance. And I just wanted to thank you for the opportunity to speak tonight about the zoning ordinance rewrite and specifically about Chapter 9 Attainable Housing. I am sure you are all exhausted by the process, but I did want to commend you on the changes that have been made over the past year to help make the increased percentages in the ADU program, the Unmet Housing Needs Unit or UNU program, and the Affordable Housing Unit or AHE program all more workable for your partners. In addition to you as elected officials, the planning commission, and really the county staff, Navaja would like to recognize the hard work of the Loudoun Workforce Housing Now campaign led by the Community Foundation for Loudoun and Northern Fauquier Counties, the Loudoun County Chamber of Commerce, especially their housing and public policy committees, and special recognition to Kim Hart of Good Works for all the combined efforts to advocate for necessary changes to Chapter 9 to make it more impactful for creating and preserving affordable housing in the county. Having worked in other jurisdictions around the region, we know that good policy comes from intentional and sometimes hard conversations from a variety of stakeholders. We feel like the improvements to Chapter 9 of the ZOR have been a product of these conversations, collaboration, and advocacy. Of course, while policy, good policy is important, we also need local resources to support attainable housing development and preservation. As you well know, 43% of the renters in this county are cost burden. That means they spend 30% or more of income on housing costs. And you have set that goal to achieve 16,000 affordable, attainable homes. Your county-funded loan programs provide gap financing for new construction, acquisition, and the preservation of affordable housing. And you are seeing the results of these homes being created and preserved. Now is not the time to back away from funding this key priority. As you look toward the fiscal year 2025 budget planning process, we encourage you to find ways to continue to use county resources to leverage other state and federal funds to bring much needed additional affordable and workforce housing to county residents who so desperately need it. Thank you for this opportunity to speak with you for this evening and congratulations on almost being there. Thank you, thank you. Marwas Copeland followed by Edna Cross followed by Michael Myers. Good evening, Ms. Wash Copeland. Good evening. I'm Mara Walsh Copen. Yes, the trophy and medals are for you <laughs> and staff and stakeholder organizations and all the residents who provided public input for ZOR over the past four years. It's time to approve the zoning ordinance. It's as ready as it can be for now. Although no stakeholder group got everything they wanted, everyone got some of what they asked for. From calls and questions, there are people who don't understand ZOR versus power line issues, unhappy that the data center rural and other holdover issues being punted to future ZOAMs. Yes, there were misunderstandings from what did leave the West alone really mean to false information that derailed planning commission progress in April. But the good news is accurate information will be shared during the future ZOAMs. It's time now to focus on prioritization 
of the ZOAM items for January. A master list has been compiled to help staff identify all the issues not addressed or completed during the past 10 years, including by right uses approved without any guardrails for residential properties. Text has been drafted by staff multiple times with the Planning Commission and stakeholder input and review. It's time to fix the impacts. To do that, it will be critical to use the years of public input to expedite the timelines, not start from scratch, costing unnecessary staff time and cost. The ZOR process showed how public input through stakeholder groups can be improved. There will always be contradicting perspectives, but maintaining balanced input of voices represented, residential and business, is key. Finally, this marathon hasn't been easy for anyone, including me. I've had daggers to the back, disparaging remarks from surprising places, four attempts at removal from advisory groups, letters threatening litigation from developer attorneys, all for doing research and speaking the truth. But assisting advisory groups, over 50 organizations, and hundreds of your constituents has been gratifying. I will be back to support them and you with the future OMS. See you next year. Would you like your medals now? Ms. Washcoplin, medals from you is high praise indeed. <laughs> so thank you very much. No, 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 let's not do that. <laughs> thank you. I will get them on the break, though. I will. I, I, and I, 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 listen, we deserve those medals. I'm, I'm going to get them on the break. Thank you very much. Um, Edna Cross, followed by Michael Myers, followed by Trinity Mills. Ms. Cross, Edna Cross. Going once, going twice, Ms. Cross. Okay, Michael Myers, followed by St Trinity Mills, followed by Steve um, John Chess. Hi, my name is Michael Myers, and I'm the executive director of Loudoun Wildlife Conservancy. We've been a stakeholder throughout the zoning ordinance rewrite process, and we appreciate being included as a stakeholder during the Board of Supervisors review process. Loudoun Wildlife members and volunteers and partners within the Loudoun County Preservation and Conservation Coalition have provided hundreds, if not thousands, of comments during this years-long process. We encourage the board to approve the current draft of the zoning ordinance, and we recognize that this is not the end, but merely the beginning of a new phase of the zoning ordinance review. While there are many items that provide greater protections for wildlife habitat and increase the quality of life for wildlife and humans, there are many unresolved topics of concern. We appreciate the inclusion of language to require minimum percentages of native plants and new developments and requirements to remove invasive species. We also appreciate incentives to prioritize protection of open space areas of greater ecological value. Our river and stream corridor resources will benefit from updated language and the possibilities of functional wildlife corridors providing safe movement for wildlife have increased. And there are better protections and setbacks for wetlands, streams, and sensitive areas in the mountainside overlay district. As the board knows the and the planning com commission and staff have recommended, there's more work to do. And we will provide detailed comments in January when the Department of Planning and Zoning presents their updated work plan for approval. However, we want to highlight a few items of importance to, pr to protecting a higher quality of life for residents and wildlife. There are many items of relevance to stakeholder groups regarding Western Loudoun use specific standards that the board deferred to a future ZOAM, and the board must prioritize addressing these topics. Of equal importance is refining appropriate uses in the mountainside overlay district before it's too late. As we all know, the data center design standards and locations needs further attention immediately. And small area plans also deserve urgent attention. And streamlining this process would not only help the village of Luckett's, but all historic villages. We also support further improvements to source water protections in the floodplain overlay district and solar arrays input process and policy along with community scale solar 
facilities deserve near-term attention as well. We recognize that there is much work still to be done. The good news is, as I mentioned at the outset, stakeholders have been providing feedback for years, and this feedback provides staff with an enhanced starting point to begin considerations of future ZOAMs and CPAMs. We encourage the board and staff to direct we encourage the board to direct staff to utilize the feedback that has already been presented, and we look forward to continuing to be an engaged and involved stakeholder in this process. So thank you for your time and consideration, and I would also like to take a moment to thank Supervisor Buffington for his service on the board. Thank you. You know what? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna break my own rule on that one. Thank you very much. All right, Trinity Mills, followed by Steve Donches, followed by Bill Jenda. Good evening. Hello. Hi, I'm Trinity Mills, the Conservation Advocacy Specialist at Loudoun Wildlife Conservancy. As has been expressed, we are grateful for the wildlife protections that have been added to the draft of the new zoning ordinance. However, the importance of prioritizing future ZOEMs and CPAMs to address outstanding issues in accordance with the information already learned throughout the zoning ordinance rewrite process cannot be understated. The Western Loudoun Rural Uses ZOAM requires prioritization for multiple reasons, including setting lighting standards for rural operations and that are needed to protect Loudoun's dark skies. <clears throat> Sorry, lost my space. Um, the solar arrays input process and policy and community scale solar facilities ZOAM and CPAM require further consideration to create performance standards to protect natural resources while combating climate change. The significance of establishing data center standards and it is evident when considering recent transmission line proposals and design projects that have caused considerable discontentment by residents in the county. The continued allowance of data centers is a cascade of negative land use effects. Not only has the increase in data centers overall been directly tied to Dominion's inability to meet their carbon emission reduction requirements um, and targets, but in Loudoun County specifically, the transmission lines have been only encouraging further data center development. The small area planning process must be streamlined to maximize efficiency so that plans such as that for the village of Luckett's may be prioritized um, and coordinated effectively with adjacent ongoing projects like that of the Route 15 North Bypass, which has a direct impact on Loudoun Wildlife Conservancy's J.K. Black Oak Wildlife Sanctuary. Alongside the recent major federal setback in wetlands protection, forever chemicals, microplastics, and other pollutants continue to compound and impact our water quality and present a constant threat to our water systems. In light of this, the source water protection ZOAM and CPAM and the floodplain overlay district ZOAM warrant attention in order to further protect water quality that Loudoun's valuable aquatic wildlife depend on. The zoning ordinance rewrite draft as it stands includes vital protections and improvements in our county. While we wish to emphasize the continued consideration of these aforementioned outstanding issues, we support the adoption of the new zoning ordinance tonight, along with all the new wildlife benefits that it will implement. Thank you so much. Well, you know what, young lady, thank you so much. This is absolutely excellent, absolutely excellent. Um, Steve uh, Donches, followed by Bill Junda, followed by Karen and Vino. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you very much. Um, uh, my name is Steve Donches. I'm here to just make a few comments on battery energy storage. I'd, I'd first like to thank the board and the Planning Commission, uh, Fire Chief Johnson, Fire Marshal Kiger, and, and staff Joe and Judy and Dan and many others whose substantial efforts on this particular issue are going to have positive benefits for the citizens of Loudoun for decades to come. As we've discussed at previous 
meetings, battery energy storage is a very useful energy tool. It, it integrates renewables on the grid. It advances the clean energy transition. It bolsters grid reliability. And maybe most importantly here, it alleviates the strain on the already overburdened uh, transmission infrastructure. And battery energy storage can do that in, in a way that is less land use intensive, less expensive, and more environmentally sound um, than transmission build-out. So it's a very valuable tool for the county. I think this, this zoning ordinance moves battery <coughs> energy storage forward in a very positive way. Um, more work remains. There are some particular issues. I, I hope we get to a point where battery energy storage is a by-right use permission in the industrial districts. Um, I think that's very important for a number of reasons that I can't get into in, in great detail right now, but battery energy storage providers must, must comply with 4.0702 in this ordinance. Very strict provisions as they should be. To require a second legislative process is, is redundant and, and it's unnecessary. It will drive many of the premier battery energy storage developers to other jurisdictions throughout the United States. And it will do that because those areas have more volatile um, electricity market prices than PJM does here, so it's more profitable. So because it's more profitable and they have less onerous uh, ordinances, for example, in Texas and California and other places, this would have the unintended consequences of forcing them there and not allowing us to meet our clean energy goals and the goals of the Virginia uh, Clean Economy Act. So I think there are changes that need to be made and can be made in the coming months, but I appreciate all the efforts here. This was a substantial step for, forward. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Bill Genda followed by Karen Invino, followed by Thomas Donahue. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, my name is Bill Genda. I'm the president of, and civil engineer with Gordon. Um, I'm speaking tonight on behalf of NAOP. And first, I'll say, man, we made it. <laughs> My wife asked me this morning, is this truly the last night? And I said, God, I hope so. Uh, so thank you for your leadership um, on the board. Uh, we've done a lot in the last three months. Um, what took place over the last three months was truly unprecedented and allowed in, in my opinion. Um, not only did you all give stakeholders an opportunity to provide comment like we've always been doing, but you really established meaningful work sessions that were actual work sessions where we talked and negotiated, not just provide a comment and hope that someone listened. Uh, that's the first time I've ever experienced that, and it was phenomenal. I really hope that um, this is the process moving forward. You, you all listened, you mediated, you helped reach compromises and consensus on most of the big issues that we had and that all stakeholder groups had. Um, and you empowered staff to work collaborative, collaboratively with industry. Uh, staff did a great job. Uh, the last three months with staff has been phenomenal too, so thank you to everyone sitting up here as well. Um, the ZOR is no longer the end of the world document that we all envisioned this past summer. Uh, we, we've got it back off the ledge, thank God. Um, but it is still more prescriptive, it's more complicated, it's gonna be more difficult to implement, and it's gonna be less flexible than what we're currently experiencing with the current ordinance. And so I think everyone knows that there will certainly be unintended consequences when this version gets adopted. Um, uh, th there will be things will be overlooked, there will be surprise interpretations, and with less modifiability, we'll have less recourse to work around those issues. 
We should all take great pride in what we accomplished uh, while also recognizing that we still have work to do and clean up in the future. So we ask that the same great collaborative process be used for those fixes uh, for the abbreviated ZOAMs that we've been talking about and all the other ZOAMs planned for all the other things next year. I'd also like to close by saying thank you for never holding seven, uh, 27 hour work sessions <laughs> like our neighbors to the south. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for all your help during the process. Uh, Karen <laughs> Avino, followed by Thomas Donahue, followed by Chris Van Flock. Good evening. Hello, me again. I'm Dr. Karen Avino. I was up here in July talking about the, and I'm going to keep using lots of phrases that were used today, the unintended consequences of the event centers and the breweries and the wineries that are popping up in rural Loudoun. I personally have one across the street for me, as you are well aware, Chair Randall and Supervisor Buffington. Some of my neighbors are here tonight, too. One of them is going to speak. Um, just to refresh, 2015, 2015 to 2017, we were in discussions because we were fighting a brewery in our neighborhood. That went nowhere with the Board of Supervisors, so we had to take it to the ABC, where they overturned their own liquor license for this brewery. In July of 2023, I came here and spoke about the amplified music, the traffic on a rural road, the, the fact that quietude has been disrupted severely, and how my real estate value and my neighbor's real estate values are going down because we own horse properties, and you can't have a wedding venue across the street from a horse property. On August 9th, a neighbor and myself met with your assistant, Chair Randall, to discuss the issues. Two other neighbors submitted letters about their issues. On September 7th, a site visit to my farm, meeting with myself and my neighbors, was canceled because of the zoning rewrite. I was told that it would be rescheduled in November. My emails to have that rescheduled have gone unanswered. On August 20th, I sent a video with loud music playing in the background and people screaming, sounding like they were in distress at 10 a.m. on a Sunday. Do you know how many Sundays I have off from work? Very few, because I'm in the ER working. On October 14th, I sent a video of a 60-passenger Greyhound bus stuck in front of my house because it couldn't make it up the hill to the wedding venue, blocking the entire road. Need I say what would happen if a fire truck or an ambulance needed to get down that road? In the video, they were literally blocking the road for about five minutes. I called the fire marshal and had several conversations with them about this issue. They told me there is nothing in the ordinance to stop somebody from driving down the road. And I asked the question of, well, what do we do if emergency vehicles have to come down the road? And he said, there is nothing we can do to stop this. So I'm urging all of you. Ms. Avino, I'm s I am sorry. Your, your time is up. Okay, great. All right, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. <clears throat> um, Thomas Donahue, followed, followed by Chris Van Vlock, followed by Gladys Lewis. Good evening. Good evening. Tom Donahue, Leesburg. Um, I support moving forward with the draft zoning ordinance. And I ask as that you move forward into the uh, thinking about the comprehensive plan that you consider how uh, the total power capacity needs of the county are uh, impact the region as a whole and that we have planning for that because 
if you plan for that, then when the State Corporation Commission comes in and says, where am I going to put this line, they will look to your comprehensive plan and say, oh, they already have a plan. We should try to at least take that into very serious consideration. What's coming at us is a $5 billion project. It's not just the one line coming through Western Loudoun. It's actually bringing in three 500 kilovolt lines into Loudoun County from the north, from the south, and coming in from the west. This is, spans across four states. This is big regional stuff, and it actually gets really up into the national grid conversation. It's, it's going to be a very big deal, but we need to be prepared. We need to be thinking about how we're going to uh, handle this as the, the data center uh, load grows, particularly when you consider that Prince William County, I don't know about the number of data centers, but the square footage is comparable to what we have here in Loudoun County. Therefore, the power is going to be comparable to what we're asking for Loudoun County. And guess what? They're going to be pulling on those same power lines that we're, that we're pulling on. It's all coming from the same sources across the region for, of power, and we don't have enough, and we don't have a plan for how to do that. But with your support, I think that, uh, first of all, I, I think it would be very helpful to help us they're, they're all across the county. There are all sorts of little efforts going yeah, on yeah. to try to understand what the various interest groups are that are pulling this mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. It would be helpful if the county would help us uh, organize that when the time comes when there's actually petition, actual applications that come to the SEC rather than having a divided effort. And I think it would be helpful if we had the data centers as part of that conversation because I think they need help in this conversation as well. It's not, it shouldn't be a div uh, divide and conquer. With your support, we might persuade the SEC to consider newer technologies that would not only remain in the existing rights of way, but also provide even more power to the data centers that they need as that sector grows, while actually reducing the impact on the surrounding communities. This can be done. There are answers, but they, the, uh, the industry always goes for the lowest possible cost in the shortest possible time, because that's what the regulators demand. We have to push back. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Loudon, I want to I want to remind everyone that we we will be doing two things. Well, not more than two things, but we'll be doing a a ZOM, a rural ZOM, and a and a comprehensive plan discussion around the data centers, and with that will come a lot of discussion about power lines. I, I, the day's public comments really should be more focused on the zoning ordinance rewrite. And, and I am loath to stop anybody if, as you're giving public comments because it, you know this is your time to do that. But it is, it is actually part of our rules of order that public comments have to be about things that were publicly advertised. It's just, it's literally what we, we don't have an option but to do that. And so I'm going to ask that you all, that, that, that you try to craft your comments regarding the zoning ordinance rewrite and and because I don't want to have to stop anybody from speaking. Thank you. Good evening, Mr. Mr. Van Plack. After you will be Gladys Lewis and then um, um, Hibba Salah, I think is the name. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Chair Randall and supervisors. I'm Chris Van Vlack, farmer from Lovettsville, past president of Farm Bureau and a member of way too many local community organizations. I come to you tonight both frustrated and hopeful. Uh, I'll lead with the bad news, because that's always a good strategy. I'm frustrated because after more than three years of work on the zoning ordinance overhaul, what we thought were many of the small fixes we had in the ag community uh, and had advocated for have still not been addressed. I can't think how many REDCs or ad hoc meetings, one-off Zoom meetings with, with county staff, Farm Bureau ZOR input sessions and emails to you all and your your staffs 
where we've discussed our need for small changes with big impacts like reasonable allowances on uh, on-farm ag processing, equine use definitions and regulations supported by the Loudoun Equine Alliance, and a concise, simple definition of farm, which would help us a lot at Loudoun Soil and the Water. We've struggled unsuccessfully to get these low impact changes in the ordinance. We also still await the prime soils cluster ZOAM, which originally was meant to be folded into this final version of the overall ZOR. The latest delay of almost three months uh, on the Planning Commission has not changed the fact that we can protect at least 70% of prime ag soils and cluster subdivisions while not harming easements or land values. So why am I hopeful? Because I think you all know these things are important items to address because they get to the things that makes Loudoun an awesome county. Our amazing local farm products from all the folks out here in the green shirts <laughs> sold to our neighbors, our open spaces, trails, and our markets for everyone in the county to enjoy. So to keep those amazing things amazing, I ask that you fast track and prioritize the Western Loudoun ZOAM and complete the prime ag soil ZOAM now. Because we love our community and because we're gluttons for punishment for coming to lots of meetings, I know our livestock and horse farmers, our grain producers, our grape and fruit growers, our cut flower farmers, our nursery producers, and our veggie farmers will be ready to participate in your work sessions and once again confirm the input that we've already provided. And like others have said, let's not reinvent the wheel. There's a lot already out there. So even though our priorities all seem to miss the Zor boat, we love our community too much to give up. So thank you all. And for better or worse, I'll see you for the Zoam. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Gladys Lewis, followed by, I think it's um, Hiba Salah. Say it again. Hiba. Hiba. I'm sorry. And then you, that would be followed by um, Byron T uh, Turner. Good evening, Ms. Lewis. Chairman Randall and members of the board, my name is Gladys Lewis, and I'm here representing tonight several hundred residents of Western Loudoun who belong to one of six garden clubs whose names you have, I think, before you. We're asking you something I don't think you want to do tonight, and that is to revise the sign size allowed on our major roads from 40 square feet to 20 square feet in Chapter 8 of the ordinance. Simple change, just two numbers changed from 30 and 40 to 20. Everyone breathes a sigh of relief when they come into Loudoun. It's beautiful, and this beauty alone brings people here to take part in our rural businesses. Now, Mrs. Randall has suggested that she would make this change later this spring in 2024, but in the meantime, people would be able to put up 40 square foot signs. I want you to think about the property, the road Route 50 between Aldi and Middleburg. There are four wineries. There are several bed and breakfasts. I don't know, they're probably, I think there's a vet. They could all theoretically put up 40 square foot signs, so Think about right in the middle of a bunch of very elegant homes. So think about that drive as you're going down. Instead of seeing homes, you're seeing 40 square foot signs in that whole short distance. Please make this tiny change tonight before please approving the zoning ordinance as written. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Lewis. Just out of, out of respect for you and, and the desire just to be very honest, 
Um, we, I actually didn't just suggest that I put that forward in the motion. The motion did not pass, which, which you asked for. I put forward in the motion. The motion did not pass because people believed, and I understood that, that it would be appropriate to do it in the rules OM. And so I don't, I, I, we, we are not going to do that tonight. We would do that in the rules OM. Having said that, I am hearing you. We are hearing you saying, do not re recreate the wheel. All the information's there. All the public comments is there. You don't have to do it all over again. We are hearing that too, but but I'm, I I will tell you that 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 what you're asking for was already put in the motion and did not pass. Thank you, thank you. You're ready. We're ready. Brian Turner. Thank you, Madam Chair and Board of Supervisors. My name is Hiba Salah. My family and I moved from Percival to Blue Mount last year. We purchased our Blue Mount property six years ago with the plan to move out to per, out of the Percival Gateway Kingsbridge area due to a massive development directly behind the house. When we bought our house in Percival, it overlooked what used to be Cole Farm before it turned into Percival Gateway Shopping Center. It was a very trying period in our lives as we lost the battle against development and we had to endure noise, air pollution, and loss of privacy for about seven years. One of the reasons why my family and I were drawn to the Western Loudoun area is the scenic views and the preservation of farm, rural, historic, and agricultural areas. Now, just one year moving to Bluemont, we are facing similar issues with commercial use in a rural residential area with the operation of the wedding venue that Karen had mentioned earlier. Now, I have to say, I've only been in the Bluemont area for one year, so, and I'm, I'm just joining the conversation. Um, and seeing a lot of people that I haven't seen in a really long time. Um, and so, you know, hearing what the board has discussed tonight about different, um, different uses, um, specifically with data centers and hearing the history of it, um, it's very positive. Um, so just to kind of continue on, the uh, wedding venue, since we've moved in, um, we're now dealing with noise from the wedding venue, um, which is audible inside our house. The wedding venue is right behind um, our property up a Ridgeside um, Road. Um, we have three children. Um, we moved out to the country so that our children can walk around uh, all of the um, uh, gravel roads without any kind of hesitation. I think that we have a problem now and we're looking to, I'm looking to work with the board um, on the zoning, the new zoning ordinance that's gonna go in. It sounds like we're all on the same page. So whatever I can do to help um, with these efforts, um, but just wanted you all to know that um, I would really like to see Western Loudoun continue looking rural. I'm from Fairfax County. I've seen all the development happen in Fairfax County. I saw it in Percival as well, a little under 10 years. Percival is also becoming very developed. Um, I didn't move out to Western Loudoun. I could have just stayed in Herndon if I wanted to, but I moved out here because it's beautiful and I would like to see it continue that way. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, appreciate it. Um, Brian Turner followed by Tim Teague followed by, followed by Molly Peacock. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Madam Chair and members of the board, as many of you know, my name is Brian Turner and I'm the general counsel to the Lansdowne Conservancy. You'll notice that some of the in attendance are wearing green. Uh, I didn't coordinate that with the agricultural people, but um, uh, they are also in su support of, uh, uh, Lansdowne's in support of the passage of the uh, zoning ordinance uh, with oversight of the data center industry. 
Uh, when the Conservancy established the task force to investigate the proposed new transmission lines through Route 7, we were not aware of just how dire a situation our community was facing with regard to data center power consumption. These towers and high power voltage lines are now proposed all over the county. We learned that unfortunately, the catalyst of these new transmission towers is the driving demand of data centers. We believe that the zoning ordinance rewrite strikes a good balance that will permit data center industry to continue to thrive, but will limit unbridled construction in residential neighborhoods. While there are many benefits to be derived by having data centers in Loudoun, they don't belong everywhere. Lansdowne's covenants restrictions have deterred data center construction in Lansdowne, and we support the county's zoning amendments that will augment Lansdowne's restrictions on construction there. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Turner. Tim Teague, followed by Molly Peacock, followed by Emily Southgate. Good evening. Good evening. I am addressing the, uh, the power line issue. I'm Tim Teague. I'm a marriage and family therapist. 19 years ago, we purchased a badly neglected horse farm in Waterford. Five and a half years ago, our only son died of an accidental opioid overdose. Not until two and a half weeks ago, and I saw the proposal for these new lines that I feel anything of a great shock. The two don't really compare, and yet this proposal has caused such distress in me especially, but others around us. Can we stop Mr. Teague's time for a second? Yes. Mr. Teague, I'm sorry, with due respect, are you gonna address anything on the zoning ordinance rewrite or just the power line issue? I am just going to address the power line issue as far as the health issue. Okay, so I, 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 I appreciate what you're saying and I, do appre I, I really do appreciate that, but, but when we advertise something for the, for, to the public for a public hearing, the comments sh should be, and I think must be, about the issues that we've advertised for the public hearing. And the power line issue alone is not about what we've advertised for the public hearing. We will get there. We will have, a, we will have multiple discussions and probably public hearings about the power line issue. But if you're not doing anything in the zoning ordinance, I'm gonna ask you to yield the floor to the next person. Okay. Thank you. Molly Peacock, followed by Emily Southgate, followed by John Benedict. Good evening. Good evening, uh, Board of Supervisors. Molly Peacock here, fellow task force member with Brian Turner, Marianne Mueller, and others standing up for Loudoun homeowners and citizens against overpaced industrialization of our beautiful county. And let me say as a as a HOA lawyer by trade, it's really, I think, very constructive, and I would join and associate with, I think it was Bill Genda, who said, having positive feedback to go along with the negative, I think is a, a very good way to proceed, even though it takes time. So getting right to the point. While the catalyst for our task force was the sudden proposal of massive power lines carrying at least 730 kilovolts, kilovolts through residential areas for eight miles, <coughs> The task force's review, review has revealed a bigger problem, that is of the incompatibility of Loudoun's goals of appreciating its rich history, seeking to be a prosperous, inclusive, equitable, and sustainable community um, versus the clash with the proliferation of, certain, uh, of a certain technology industry, which is data centers. This county's status of having the double, double the number of data centers as Silicon Valley 
may make some organizations prosperous, but it does so at a cost, and more residents are waking up to those perhaps unforeseen costs. Can we stop for time, please? Yes. Hi, how are you? Get, yes, getting to the point of the ZOAM. Okay, keep yes, going. Yes, ma'am. So what does this have to do? I'm, I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> what does this have to do with the ZOAM? Okay. A primary priority for the board, as recommended by the Planning Commission, is to emplace data center environmentally, environmental sustainability policies and standards, and a review of this proposed zoning amendment suggests that the amendment seeks to curb the proliferation of data centers, especially in residential areas. As such, we support same and support the board's vote to amend the zoning ordinance accordingly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Emily Southgate, followed by John Benedict, followed by Georgian Overman. Good evening, ma'am. Good evening. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I signed up to speak for myself, but I've since talked to the board of the Piedmont chapter of the Virginia Native Plant Society, of which I'm president, so I'm speaking for that, uh, that society. Um, and basically, uh, I, first, I just want to thank everyone for all the work that, that you've put into this, and as people have said, and, and I just, the give and take was so important in this, where some things we got we wanted and some things we didn't and so on, and to me that's, that's what participatory democracy is all about, is coming in and talking and giving here and giving there and coming up with something quite good, which I think you've done. Um, <laughs> and basically, I have to mention, I'm really pleased with the requirement for native plants in developing and also removal of invasives. Um, but other than that, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to go on too much. I just want to second everything Michael Myers said. So uh, I think I can yield the rest of my time. There's no point in my going on. But I just want to thank you and uh, look forward to working with you on the, um, the continued ZOAM and, and CPAM. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> John Benedict, followed by Georgianne Overman, followed by Robert Pollard. Good evening. Good evening. And thank you for the uh, opportunity to speak with you and for hearing everyone here. Uh, I'm John Benedict, live outside Middleburg. Uh, you know, like many people, I'm a little disappointed that the zoning rewrite wasn't more aggressive, you know, in protecting Loudoun heritage and the environment, curbing the excesses of development. But there are different views, and the most important is that we all recognize it's essential to get this done. And even if it's imperfect, it's a good effort and should be approved. So I, I, I join virtually everyone in encouraging you to adopt the measure while acknowledging more work is to be done. You know, the draft includes some, some good elements. It has protections for stream and major waterways, steep slopes and ridges and sensitive areas. It should help reduce the loss of forest and environmental features to development. It increases some building setbacks and screening and includes modest improvements in design standards for data centers. And it changes by right zoning to special exception for data centers and office park areas. Also, uh, I'm uh, pleased that the rewrite recognizes the importance of dark sky standards for exterior lighting. The board's previously committed itself to protecting rural Loudoun's dark skies. But ironically, uh, perhaps the worst offender against dark skies tends to be county governments themselves, at schools and athletic facilities, in parking lots and government buildings. So I'd ask that, you know, 
As this goes forward, the board should make it a point in all decision making to limit its own impact on dark skies, especially in the rural west where it affects, where the effects of lighting are most acute. And an example of that, by the way, is Mickey Gordon, which should, should stay rustic. Now in the next phase, we've still got a high priorities, which include, as we've heard tonight, data centers and the related uh, power needs and transmission routes, as well as high intensity rural economy uses. And we look forward to uh, you know, good work on those as high priorities. I mean, Western Loudoun in particular is a special resource that needs protecting, and we look forward to working with the board to uh, move forward on those goals. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Okay, uh, George Ann Over Overman, followed by Robert uh, Pollard, followed by Kathleen Hughes. Uh, hello again, my Good name evening. is George Ann Overman. I want to comment about a section of the zoning ordinance rewrite called adaptive reuse. It's intended to foster historic preservation, but there's a provision in the regulation that has absolutely nothing to do with historic preservation, and in fact, it doesn't apply to historic properties. Under this provision, the use of any building that is 50 years old or older cannot be changed unless the owner proves to the zoning administrator that the building is functionally or economically obsolete, except for buildings that are in historic districts or individually listed as historically uh, uh, on the National Register of Historic Places, or except for properties that have been vacant for 25 years. There are required factors to prove obsolescence, past and current vacancy use, existing and previous uses, structural condition, the ability of the structure to be retrofitted to a new use, and real estate market conditions. The regulation requires owners to pay for this market analysis. It's only after overcoming the obsolete hurdle that historic preservation requirements are then imposed, and these are costly and burdensome to the owner. I submit the zoning ordinance should not be used to prohibit changes of use that are otherwise allowed simply because the building's current or former use is not obsolete and the building happens to have been built in 1974 or older. I recommend that section 4.09 be removed from consideration for this particular vote tonight and sent to a separate ZOAM. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Robert Pollard, followed by Kathleen Hughes, followed by Charlie Van Plack, which, unless that's just Chris by a different name, no? Okay. <laughs> Good evening, Mr. Baller. <laughs> Good evening. All right, uh, Chair Randall, members of the board, I'm Bob Pollard. I'm speaking on my own behalf in this case. First, a big thank you to the board, the staff, and the community for all the hard work you did to complete the ZOR. I hope that this board will prioritize the rural Loudoun and data center exercises next year. I do want to focus for a moment on data centers because I'm concerned that neither the ZOR nor the proposed ZOAM will, will address all of the many costs that this industry imposes on, on Loudoun. Data centers are driving up the cost of living on everything from land to electricity. Their dominance in the local economy impedes diversification. They are gigantic energy hogs and our addiction to them for tax revenues could could put our fiscal future at risk. Meanwhile, new power lines, as you know, are tearing up the landscape with no end in sight. First it was east, now they want to cut through Waterford. Soon, thousands 
of residents, including yourself, will find huge new electric pylons or data centers larger than Walmart super centers staring at them in their backyards. And guess what? Not only do the data centers not pay for these power lines costing billions of dollars, but neither they nor the power companies have to compensate residents for property losses. All this seemed to happen quite suddenly with little citizen input, partly because decisions were made over time in separate policy silos, land use zoning and standards, taxes and budget, energy and environment. Clearly what we need is an integrated approach. True, the county can't do everything, but we can push data centers to grow in place. We can restrict rezoning, set higher standards, require environmental re reporting if industry won't self-regulate. We can also reserve surplus revenues in boom times toward debt reduction and infra infrastructure projects. And maybe it's time to think outside the box, perhaps join other counties to lobby the state legislature and the SEC on the siding of power lines and who has to pay for it. Now, some may ask, how are we gonna pay the bills if the data centers go away? Well, they're not gonna go away anytime soon. If we hold county spending to sustainable levels, we can reduce our dependency so that if and when they do leave, we'll be in good shape. Thank you for listening and happy holidays. Thank you, Mr. Pollard. Thank you very much. Um, Kathleen Hughes, followed by Charlie Bunflock, followed by Tia Ehrman. Kathleen, Ms. Hughes, Kathleen, you here? I don't think I've seen her actually. Going once, going twice, okay. Charlie Bunflock, followed by Tina Ehrman, followed by Matt Bender. Good evening. Good evening, Madam Chair. I have no idea who Chris Van Black was until <laughs> I had to randomly sit down with him tonight. Uh, but um, I don't appear here as, as his father, although I am. Uh, <laughs> but I, I come tonight as a member of Farm Bureau also for the last 15 years, a resident of the county. And um, I speak uh, in support of what you've done so far, but my primary focus will be looking ahead to the amendments in the ZOAM for Western Loudoun County. Uh, a lot of work remains undone. Uh, there are commitments made that we're gonna move ahead, but I would encourage you to put a high priority on the uh, ag stuff and the other Western Loudoun issues that are before you because most of them are not, were left out of, the, of what you're going to approve tonight. So, Things like prime soils, a huge issue because once they're gone, they're gone. And the agricultural processing issues, you have a burgeoning agricultural industry around supplying local needs and if they don't have processing capacity, they're not gonna be able to, to flourish. Um, and so that whole collection of issues which you have sort of bundled to be done in 2024, I would just urge you to put it near the top of the list I think they could be done. A lot of work has been done. So thank you very much for what you've done. I, I hope your uh, ZOAM is approved tonight or the, the, the existing one is approved, but you need to continue to move ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Benflack, and thank you for raising the only person in Loudoun County who can make mutton chops look good. <laughs> <laughs> Tia Ehrman, followed by Matt Bender, followed by Mary Ann Mueller. 
Good evening, everyone. <laughs> uh, for the record, my name's Tia Ehrman, and I'm speaking this evening on behalf of Loudoun County Farm Bureau and the hundreds of producer members we represent. I'm joined this evening by a wide variety of farmers, all in green, um, and want to emphasize that our board is a reflection of the farming community in Loudoun County, and I will tell you, we are the youngest, most diverse, most energized board in the entire state. Um, and we have all of these lovely farmers behind us to thank for it. Um, in anticipation of how brief the window to speak this evening was going to be, I emailed you all my comments this afternoon. Um, I thought that might be preferable to me speed reading. Um, I will second what my fellow board members, fellow farmers, and partner organizations have already said this evening. Um, I'll just mention a few things that haven't been covered. Obviously, I want you to prioritize the rural ZOAM, please. Uh, and when we begin work, please ensure that any work groups or committees are inclusive of the very broad array of agricultural industries operating in Western Loudoun today. Um, and please recognize the depth of input we have basically sitting on a shelf right now unutilized from the last three plus years of people giving public input. It was gathered, it was vetted, it's all there. Don't start from scratch and extend what's already going to be an extremely lengthy process. I heard Supervisor Turner um, mention fast-tracking issues for a single Western Loudoun non-agricultural industry tonight, and I'm wondering, are confused why that one why not the issues that equestrian facilities are dealing with or farms that want to hold on-site dinners or wineries that want to serve their patrons food um, why are farms always the last one on the list to get our issues addressed all of those businesses face major regulatory hurdles that are above and beyond what non-agricultural businesses face in Western Loudoun. We've been raising these issues for years. We would really like this to be fast-tracked and addressed in a timely manner. Um, let's see, several minor issues from the adjustments we were able to make. I flagged and emailed the ag processing. I think a couple of them were literally just mistakes, um, but that would be something that if there is gonna be an internal ZOAM going on to kind of correct mistakes, I'd like them to find their way onto that list um, to do with the, the terminology for who can do on-site ag processing. It kind of cuts out people leasing other people's property, which was the point of why we asked for the adjustment to start with. So. I'm guessing that's not on purpose. Um, I'll close by asking you to please complete the rural ZOAM, or sorry, the, am I out of time? You are out of time. Sorry about that, all righty. Yeah. We, we did get your comments though. Thank you very much. Um, Matt Bender followed by Maryam Mueller followed by Bill Hatch. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Madam Chair, members of the board. Um, my name is Matt Bender and I represent the Community Foundation for, Northern, or for Loudoun and Northern Fauquier counties and our Workforce Housing Now campaign. Um, I'm here this evening to express our support for Chapter 9 of the Zoning Ordinance Rewrite as it stands. And I also want to extend our gratitude uh, for your collaborative efforts in involving stakeholders and subject matter experts to develop a balanced and thoughtful document. Uh, it is through collaboration that we can ensure voices of our diverse community are always heard and considered. We appreciate your work to strike a balance between progress and preservation, fostering a vibrant and sustainable future for Loudoun County. Uh, we also extend our gratitude to the dedicated stakeholders who invested their time, expertise, and passion to help shape Chapter 9, ensuring its positive impact. Um, in the midst of our community's continued growth and prosperity, it's crucial to remain mindful of the ongoing need for affordable housing. Uh, affordable housing is not just a basic necessity. It's a, it's a cornerstone for ensuring that individuals and families from all walks of life can call Loudoun County home. 
um, as we approach the holiday season. Uh, I wish you and your families well. Thank you for your time and commitment and your service to Loudoun County. Thank you, Mr. Bender. Um, Marianne Mueller, followed by Bill Hatch, followed by Peter Weeks. Good evening. Do I get his extra minute? <laughs> <laughs> My name is Marianne Mueller. I um, am part of the Lansdowne Woods uh, neighborhood, and I'm on the No Towers on 7 task force. <laughs> Good evening, members and Madam Chair. I've lived in the Washington metro area for 40 years. When I moved to Lansdowne five years ago, I had no way of knowing from the county comprehensive plan or zoning ordinance that I would be moving from inside the Beltway to a residence located next to what may now become an industrial corridor with data centers pressed up against Route 7, massive substations, a spider's nest of power lines, and of course the Dominion proposed 140-foot towers and lines. Tyson's Corners traffic by comparison suddenly doesn't seem so bad. I'd like to thank the board and the staff for the excellent work you're doing on the ZOEM, which we support. Um, I do want to make a comment about continued work on the data center industry as well as their energy requirements. I have come to call it the data center industry because it is an industry. All you have to do is go down Cross Trail Boulevard, Cochrane Mill Road, Loudoun County Parkway, and see the massive substations and power lines there that basically once scar, uh, now scar, a once you know, picturesque countryside. The industrial infrastructure that accompanies data center does not belong next to scenic river easements, historic slave cemeteries, or neighborhoods. To continue to allow their unbridled expansion without an appreciation for the massive infrastructure they require would be irresponsible. Thank you very much for your work on the ZOAM tonight. I do hope that it passes. And I look forward to continued and reasonable strategic approach for data center development in Loudoun. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Bill Hatch, followed by Peter Weeks, followed by Pamela Jones. Good evening, Mr. Good Hatch. Good evening, Chair Randall and the board. Thank you very much. I'm Bill Hatch. We've been farming here for many decades. I think most of you know that. Uh, we grow grapes, wine, and grass-fed Angus and lamb. Uh, we are able to keep farming because of direct-to-consumer markets and agro-tourism. Uh, I am in favor of the ZOR and look forward to the ZOAM. And uh, I think that uh, they promote continued economic growth in Loudoun County, which I believe in in all sectors, and keep the landscape beautiful, which we need to do. And there are alternatives to the big power lines. A lot of people have spoken about that. I just endorse it. And uh, pause to take, make updates to the comprehensive plan so that we can address these big structures. I'm also in favor of prime soils, and that is the key to preserving our farms, landscape, quality of life for all Loudoun. Uh, and we've worked very hard to keep our land green, and so please help us to continue to do so. Thank you. Thank you. And Mr. Hatch, thank you for all the, all the assistance you've been over the past couple of years and thank you for all the information on the invasive species and all the times you've spent talking to us. I appreciate you very much. Peter Weeks followed by Pamela Jones followed by Avers Renshaw. Good evening. Good evening Chair Randall, Supervisors. 
a pleasure to be here tonight uh, after all the hard work that's been done, uh, seeing an, an end, uh, also a beginning in other respects. My name's Peter Weeks. I'm president of Friends of the Blue Ridge Mountains. And mountains haven't been mentioned tonight, but there have been references to steep slopes and other things that are very important if we're going to keep the mountains and preserve them uh, for not only ourselves, but future generations. First of all, I want to thank uh, county staff. Uh, to me, it really was remarkable how open they were to going line by line through the entire ordinance and uh, showed some deep thoughts and made sure that whatever we were going to be representing would be legally de defensible. In other words, just not pie in the sky ideals, but actually practical stuff that we could do. Um, back when Ch our friend Charles Rudd yeah, was, was uh, active, and I remember him encouraging the planning commissioners to propose precise plan amendments for more stringent policies to protect the mountains. We've gone a long way to achieve that. Um, not to say that significant challenges don't lie ahead. The new Board of Supervisors will be considering an important ZOAM regarding uses on the mountain. I can't emphasize enough to you how important uses on the mountains are going to affect uh, the appearance, the environment, everything that we're uh, talking about tonight to preserve. Um, so also prioritize that ZOAM as well. Um, Madeline Skinner's mother uh, needed to be taken to the hospital, so you won't see Madeline tonight. I am a vice president of the uh, uh, Loudoun County Historic Village Alliance, and I want to give her a shout out for Philemont becoming on the National Register of Historic Places, um, and also encouraging the small area plans. Finally, special acknowledgement and to the contributions by my retiring friend and, and district supervisor, Tony Buffington, and thanks to all of you uh, the supervisors for your service. Thank you, sir, and we wish Ms. Skinner's mom the best. Thank you, appreciate that. Pamela Jones, followed by Avis Renshaw, followed by Sarah Brown. Who's having the baby? Pam, Pam won't be here tonight. Yeah. I was like, Amos is walking right <laughs> I up I am not right. having any more babies. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that would be a trick. Okay, so wait. Pamela, Pamela Jones, Jones is having the baby. Is, yes. Okay. Like literally now, right now, having the baby. Quite possibly, yeah. That is very cool. Okay. Avis Renshaw, followed by Sarah Brown. Good evening, Ms. Renshaw. Good evening, board. Um, uh, I'm Avis Renshaw of Lost Corner Farm, and I'm here in support of both Farm Bureau's and REDC's itemized request changes to the current ZOR before approving, and then please approve. Uh, one of the issues uh, that was raised is the issue of screening processing. I think there's a, a gap in knowledge between people who farm and people who don't farm and what exactly processing is. I'm worried that a lot of you think that it has to do with meat and nobody wants to see anim big animals butchered or something. But in my case, 
uh, the issue of screening processing could literally mean that I'd need to implement screening around my farm to preclude the possibility of someone seeing us strip corn in the fields. And now that sounds a little salacious possibly, but it really, it is not a problem to witness. And it, 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 it could be an unintended consequence of, of the way the current ZOR states that, um, that we would need screening. That, uh, to me, it's, it's incomprehensible that you would want to screen a farm. Um, but because almost everything a farmer does is processing. It requires processing. Unless you are literally packing a truck in the field and having it leave, you are doing some kind of processing to what you raise. So that's, that's that. Um, uh, I'm not gonna get too emotional about farming, uh, but I am very emotional about farms and farmers and farmland because they are under considerable salt right now all over from Virginia from Rockbridge to Albemarle to Clark to here in Loudoun from solar installations to nutrient credit banking, which takes land out of farming forever, uh, to data centers and their requirements. Um, putting some of the itemized issues in the ZOR would make small farming uh, uneconomical. It would put up barriers that prohibit farms from actually farming if they follow the letter of the law. And I just, I just want the common sense stuff that we're asking for to be checked before you actually vote for that ZOR. Thank you. I'm sorry, thank you, Ms. Renshaw. Uh, next speaker is be Sarah Brown. Sup supervisors, are you all doing okay? Would you like a break? Because if you, it looks like everybody's okay. I think people, I think, yeah, I think people are stepping up the dais as they need to. So I think, I'll, I think I'll kind of try to power through here, okay? All right, um, Sarah Brown, you'll be followed by John Cunningham, followed by um, Neil Larrabee. Good evening. Good evening, I'm Sarah Brown. I run a beef cattle farm and a small bed and breakfast uh, south of Lincoln. Um, I also sit on the board of Farm Bureau. Um, I feel like we're taking a, a little bit of, of a deserved victory lap here tonight, so I'm gonna say that I think that Maura Walsh Copeland should also get a medal, as perhaps should Chris Van Vlack's mutton chops. Um, I do appreciate the work from every all sides here. I know it's been um, a lot, um, and a lot of work has gone into it, a lot of emotions and a lot of um, blood, sweat, and tears. Um, that said, I'm eager to move beyond tonight into the next ZOAM that will be taken up next year, hopefully, um, with, with uh, much haste. Um, it needs to be prioritized. Um, the, the damage is being done today. Um, the, 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 the unique resource that we have beneath our feet in Loudoun County is being eaten up today, tomorrow, and next week by septic fields. So I urge you to preserve the 70% threshold for prime agricultural land in cluster subdivisions as proposed by Farm Bureau and others um, throughout this conversation. As you get through that, um, as you get to the ZOAM process next year, um, rely on the vast public record that's already in place, the work that has already been done. I know it's very tempting to wipe the slate clean and start over. Um, especially when you have a, you know, some new, new, new faces behind those uh, desks up there. But um, there's, there's, it's close. 
there are some small changes that have been outlined um, in, in details uh, by others tonight that I support as well. Um, I think that it's important right now to take a breath, rely on the vast resources from the diverse agricultural community in this county, um, and move forward with great haste next year. But tonight, thank you for the work that's been done, and I thank all the people behind me who have done a lot of work too. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Brown. Um, John Cunningham, followed by Nira Larrabee, followed by Sharon Hayes. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Madam Chairman, members of the board. I think my comments are going to be best served when you have the next action on the data center and the power lines, so I'll defer most of that. I just wanted to build on something uh, Supervisor Turner mentioned, specifically about AI. Make sure you have some SMEs at these centers, because they're going to tell you that these data centers that are in place now are going to be required to upgrade the processing power for this AI stuff. It just sucks. They, you can't believe. They got these trillions and trillions of gigabytes of data that they're going to pump through these AI machines. And these computers that do it are faster and faster. The NVIDIA folks will tell you about it. And the th trouble with all that is, yeah, they're smaller, yeah, they're faster, but they need a lot more power, both to power them and especially to cool them. So this, this is an important thing on the AI side. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, <clears throat> Neil, Neil Larrabee, followed by Sharon Hayes, followed by John Ellis. Good evening, sir. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, and thank you so much for all your hard work. It's so, so appreciated. Um, I had a lot, like eight minutes written out that is not appropriate for tonight. <laughs> but I would like to uh, follow up what my neighbor, John Cunningham, um, said. Um, and um, uh, um, in terms of um, planning um, for, for the massive amount of data center and, and, and I, AI that's um, um, forthcoming. Um, I, and, and I want to, to place this in light of what happened. I just read an article in across the river from our neighbors in, in Frederick. Um, they um, determined that they would put a moratorium on piecemeal zoning um, change requests until a comprehensive plan for um, possible data centers and their associated needs of infrastructure, power, sourcing, and water can be devised. And most importantly, with the welfare of Virginia's land, environment, and the affected citizenry under close watch. So, so that's what they, they are doing in Frederick. And I, and I think that's a, a kind of follow-up to what my neighbor just said. Thank you very much. Well, I can tell that when, once we do the data center CPAM next year, we're going to have a lot of input, and we look forward to that when we do that. <clears throat> Sharon Hayes, followed by John Ellis, followed by Richard Ramos. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you, Madam Chair and members of the Board of Supervisors. My name is Sharon Hayes, and I own and am the founder of Sweet Piedmont um, Flowers. We're a small flower farm in Waterford. Um, and I'm here in support of the zoning ordinance rewrite, but also want to recognize the work that still needs to be done to help small farmers um, in, in the um, amendments that you are still looking at. And in particular, the protection of prime soils, particularly on the uh, subdivided lots that exist and are the kind of lot that I farm on. So you hear a lot about farmers leaving the field of agriculture, and we spend a lot of time in this county talking about how to preserve the agricultural 
uh, landscape when those farms um, are left behind. But I want, to, uh, I want to let you know that I am an example of a farmer that moved to Western Loudoun County, from Eastern Loudoun County, but to Western Loudoun County to start a farm. Um, and I farm on a relatively small parcel that is or was a subdivision of the past. So these issues of prime soils on subdivided land are really, really important. And I urge you um, to, to pay attention to them as we move forward with um, future amendments. Um, in short, um, we're small farmers. Our parcels, our acreage may be small, but our voices are really important in helping preserve the agricultural heritage of Loudoun County. Thank you. Thank you. Um, John Ellis, followed by Richard Ramos, followed by Kim Hart, who just walked out, but when he comes back in, I'll make sure he gets a chance to speak. Good evening, sir. Good evening, everybody. It's good to see you. Thanks for powering through, and I hope after we're done, you'll have a wonderful holiday season. Um, there's been a lot of talk about unintended consequences this evening, and I want to talk about that too, so I apologize for using the same phrase. Um, and specifically, uh, uh, Save Roll Loudon wants to encourage you to look very carefully in the next term at all the unintended consequences of by right zoning. When the county zoned for rapid population growth in the early 2000s, did it intend to triple its operational spending and did it intend to increase its capital appropriations by 1,000%? When it tried to get off the fiscal hook by leaving in place a zoning ordinance that allowed a massive amount of buy right data center development, did it intend to build huge new power lines through suburban neighborhoods and western historic districts? And did it intend that Dominion will have to double our electricity rates to pay for all that? When it left in place a zoning ordinance that allows for dozens of by-right cluster subdivisions along Route 15 and Route 287, did it intend to create traffic jams in Luckett's and, and Percival and the rest of the rural policy area? When it approved dense subdivision development around Round Hill and Waterford, did it intend that taxpayers would have to bail out the towns when their water systems failed because there were too many residences in the area. Uh, we appreciate very much that the board is now taking some steps to rein in by right data center development. Unfortunately, from our perspective, there doesn't seem to be a similar recognition about the unintended consequences of by right residential development. Unless something is done about this, we can look forward to one more crisis after another in the future. Please consider the burdens that citizens and taxpayers have to bear for by right residential development. In the coming term, so we ask you to rein in both by right data center development and by right residential development. Thanks very much. And Thank have you. a wonderful holiday. And you as well. Thank you. Um, Richard Ramos, followed by Kim Hart, followed by Matt Leslie. Matt, he's done. Okay, good evening, sir. Good evening. Uh, I'm Richard Rasmus um, of Hamilton. Uh, my wife and I own a 22-acre farm um, near Hamilton Station Road. It's been in the family nearly 40 years. Um, like uh, many of the other speakers, I want to support the passage of the ZOR and also to uh, encourage uh, the prioritization uh, of the uh, ZOAM uh, and CPAM activity especially with respect for high-intensity uses, especially those that are uh, requiring Virginia ABC approval uh, and uh, of data center operations. Uh, I've spoken here before uh, about discovering two years ago that a brewery operation will be built 1,000 feet from our front porch. 
um, that'll have a capacity for 268 cars and eight buses. Quite a surprise. Uh, because the parcel of land is designated as, as having by right status for such a brewery and applications like these have been grandfathered as part of the process, there's not much that you or uh, my neighbors can do about that. Um, but on behalf of other people in the county who may not have uh, this uh, yet planned in their backyards, uh, I want to encourage um, the prioritization of at least dealing with the, uh, the zoning issues around that. Um, more recently, we've received more bad news that thanks to Loudoun County's unchecked growth in data centers, new transmission lines are slated for construction parallel to Hamilton Station Road, and in many cases, cutting through other farms and historic properties. Uh, we have enough farm breweries and enough data centers uh, and enough high-intensity uses in western Loudoun. I'm disappointed that uh, more hasn't been done, uh, but I appreciate the compromise and the hard work that's gone into this process. Um, uh, I was uh, a little dismayed, and I'm not sure that I'm clear about this, but about uh, an item on the agenda um, to sell a property uh, for use uh, as a data center. I'm not well informed enough about that if, if that's on the agenda. If it's to encourage another data center, I, I would just echo the things that other people have said about the aggregate result of uh, more and more data centers really putting us in peril in terms of both new transmission lines and just the capacity. Uh, and uh, so finally, um, I'd like to uh, uh, thank the board for all the hard work. I know it's been many, many, many hours, not only the board, the staff, and all the other people who have participated, and uh, thank you for your, uh, your efforts. Thank you, sir. Kim Hart, you will be followed by Casey um, Gustovero, followed by uh, Theo Stamatis. Good evening, Mr. Hart. Good evening. Madam Chair and members of the board, I'm Kim Hart, managing partner of Good Works, and I build attainable housing. Well, here we are. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Uh, I really do want to count, thank county staff for just an awesome amount of work. Uh, we've done plenty of battles together, but I want to thank you for an awesome amount of work, honestly. Uh, I'd also like to thank the Planning Commission for a tremendous amount of work. They were great. But really, most importantly, I want to thank you, Madam Chair, and Supervisor Turner and Supervisor <coughs> uh, Turner and Laterno for your personal involvement in calling together the face-to-face -to -face work sessions that we saw over the last three months that really facilitated the compromises that were necessary to end up with the workable document that we have tonight. And I really want to support what Bill Junda said earlier. Uh, let's build on what we learned about that process over the last three months. That was really, really something. Let's build on that. Uh, and to be clear, uh, I support the passage of the, of the zoning ordinance that you have in front of you tonight. And yes, Supervisor Umstead, we did get enough modifications agreed to that the PUD now has its useful place in the ordinance. So that, that was fixed. So thank you for bringing that up. Uh, I have three priorities to bring up as we go forward from here. When you cycle back through the amendments to the comprehensive plan, first, maximum densities for attainable housing just still aren't high enough. We, we need to go higher if we're going to make it get anywhere near the goal. Second, if you continue to focus uh, density for attainable housing in the suburban compact neighborhoods, uh, the quarter mile criteria has to be uh, fixed or done away with because it's just going to kill attainable housing. So 
that 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 was rightfully set aside in this round and it, when you get back to it we really need to look carefully at that and finally this draft ordinance that you have in front of you has increased the size of the stick but we still don't have any carrots um, the stick got bigger the percentages are higher but uh, as to carrots uh, bonus density hasn't ever worked and it still won't so let's look for some real opportunities to put in some incentives my personal favorite at the moment is let's talk about expedited review in exchange for a whole lot more attainable housing. I think that's something we could do. But for now, congratulations on completing this first step. Well done. Thank you, and Mr. Hart, really, my gosh, I don't know if so many people worked with us, but you were just incredible through the whole process, so thank you so much. Okay, Casey Gustavello, followed by Theo Stamatis, followed by Robert Wilbur. Good evening. Good evening, thank you. Uh, my name is Casey Gustavaro, and my wife and I own Fireside Farm, based in Western Loudoun. We grow vegetables and grain organically and have been farming for 15 years. Three years ago, we moved back to Loudoun County from Rappahannock County near Shenandoah National Park to start our own business. <coughs> we moved from a beautiful and very rural county, which has zoning codes which are very protective of farmland and open space. But we came back to Loudoun because it is also beautiful and knew that we could access land with prime agricultural soils here. This was because we had connections to a vibrant community of supportive farmers within the county. We also knew that we would be closer to potential customer base located both in Western and Eastern Loudoun, and currently a majority of the food that we grow finds its way into the homes of Loudoun residents. We lease land from P Potomac Vegetable Farms and work in a neighborhood of Wheatland, which includes four other working farms. When looked at, at, as a group, these five farms produce healthy food for hundreds of Loudoun County residents, employ dozens of people, and provide many environmentally and socially environmental and social benefits, beneficial services for the community. We are part of a fabric of a thriving rural economy that supports the, its residents in many ways. In my vision, there would be m many more young farmers that would want to come to Western Loudoun and set up shop to access the prime agricultural soils here and feed the local population. Loudoun County is blessed to have some of the best agricultural soils on the East Coast and once served as a breadbasket for the region. In a world where supply chains are unreliable, fuel and other costs are increasing, and there are more frequent climate catastrophes, we may not be able to rely on the current food system as we once knew it. Wouldn't it be beneficial to be forward thinking and support zoning measures which preserve prime agricultural soils and foster a vibrant rural economy and support rather, that support rather than hinder regenerative farms that can build a strong local food system. Once the board moves uh, forward with the Western Loudoun focused zoning ordinance amendment, I implore you to take the recommendations of the Farm Bureau and include at least 70% prime ag soils uh, protection when land is subdivided into AR in AR1 and AR2 zoning districts in rural Loudoun. Uh, once prime ag farmland is bulldozed and develops, we will never get it back. I also encourage you to remove the new buffering and setback requirements. Uh, I think my time is up, but I just would like, yeah, all the Farm Bureau. Uh, so you can feel free to send us, please, in fact, please email us those comments. Tell me one more time which name of your farm? Uh, Fireside Farm. Fireside Farm. Yep. All right, thank you. Please email us, please email us your comments. Okay, thank you. Um, representing the Loudoun County Chamber of Commerce, uh, Theo Stamatis, followed by Robert Wilbur, followed by Sierra Principe. Good evening, sir. 
Good evening. Just before I start, I want to associate my comments with Bill Junda, Kim Hart, and Jill Norcross, who spoke earlier this evening. Good evening, Madam Chair, members of the board. My name is Theo Stamatis. I'm the Government Relations Manager for the Loudoun Chamber. On behalf of the Board of Directors and more than 1,000 employers and entrepreneurs of the Loudoun Chamber, I would like to express our thoughts on the final Zor uh, document that is now subject for approval this evening. I first want to take this opportunity to thank the Loudoun County Board of Supervisors, led by Chair Phyllis Randall, for dedicating significant time to meet with the members of the Loudoun Chamber and other business organizations to, the, to work on improving the draft zoning ordinance. And as my friend Kim Hart would say, we are all exhausted throughout this <laughs> process. We also want to thank Loudoun County sure. staff for their willingness to work with the business community on these issues over the last several months. The local governing body and the business community made improvements to the draft document in areas such as affordable, attainable housing, better interest storage, grandfathering, nonconformities, and more. Another example included the desire to ensure that countless moving parts in the zoning ordinance revisions were harmonized as much as possible with the short time allowed. Going forward, our collaboration should include addressing the residual challenges with the policies that will be adopted by this board this evening and new areas the board has signaled it will address next year. Those include, areas include the Day Center OMC PAM discussion, policies impacting our commercial real estate sector, and addressing any unintended consequences that we discovered during the implementation of the new zoning ordinance. On behalf of the chamber, I encourage the board to continue our collaborative approach to addressing these and other important remaining zoning issues in the future. When we work together as stakeholders, Loudoun's economy and our community as a whole will remain healthy, vibrant, and strong over the next decade. The Loudoun Chamber and the business community are steadfast and ready to roll up our sleeves and work on improving the zoning ordinance in 2024 and beyond. The Loudoun Chamber and its members who have dedicated their time and energy to review this document deeply care about this county, love this county, and want to see it prosper going forward. Thank you for hearing the Loudoun Chamber's perspective on this matter. Thank you for your service to our Loudoun County community. Happy holidays, and to Supervisor Buffington, thank you so much for your service. Thank you, Mr. Tomato. Thank you for all of your help and all of your connection to so many business entities in Loudoun County. Robert Wil Wilbur, followed by Tierra Principe, followed by Sh uh, Sharon Buchanan. We're down to our last 10 speakers, everyone. Good evening. Good evening. Um, I'm here tonight to add another voice to echo what has already been said a lot about the great things that have already been done for conservation in this zoning ordinance rewrite, including native plants, protection for wetlands, and many other things. I'd also like to echo some of the points that have been brought many times already about looking forward at future ZOAMs, especially looking into the rural west. I'd like to, in particular, echo the comments made earlier by Chris Van Vlack, especially addressing things like ag processing, problems faced on equine operations, as well as, in particular, for us at Soil and Water, the definition of farm. I'd also like to put my support forward for the prime soils ZOAM and the conservation of that 70% prime soils, especially in those small subdivided lots that I see regularly every day. I'd like to then just be able to pile on again. Thank you for all the work that's gone into this, and I look forward to what comes next. Thank you. Um, Sierra Principe, followed by Sharon Buchanan, followed by, oh, Tina uh, 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 Chatham. Good evening. 
Good evening. Howdy. Um, I would just like to echo pretty much everything that everyone wearing a green shirt said so far. I'm not going to beat it to death because it's been said a lot of times, but the 70% of primag soils being saved for cluster subdivisions, that would be huge. Um, I would love uh, to see a great working definition of farm, and I would love to see farmers being consulted on that definition. And as you're thinking about these things, I just want to remind you that soil lost is soil lost forever. Thank you. Thank you. I got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with how many young farmers are in this room tonight. <clears throat> Sher uh, Sharon Buchanan, followed by Tina Chatham, followed by Sher uh, Sherry... Sherry Shields. Whew. Sharon Buchanan? Ms. Buchanan, you're here? Going once, going twice? No? Yes? No? Good evening. It's good to see you. Good evening. Good evening, Chair Randall and Supervisors. It takes a data center to get me to the Board of Supervisor meeting, you know, but I'm going to speak to what we're talking about today. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, I'm not, I learned from others. I'm T. Cheatham. I'm from the Catoctin District. Uh, I live in Lovettsville uh, on a gravel road, historic gravel road at the base of the Short Hill Mountains. Beautiful country out there. And I came out today just to, uh, thank you all and speak in support of the zoning ordinance rewrite. I was really encouraged. Um, by the way, I've recently retired, so I did read your document, most of it, scanned your document tonight, and I was really encouraged to see the mountain overlay and protection of steep slopes. I'm really encouraged to see those kinds of things and especially encouraged uh, to see what you all are gonna do to help do some smart things around data centers, right? The office park, I think, is a good start. Um, one of the things that I think is gonna happen with you all fairly recently, fairly soon after tonight, is you're gonna start getting those special exceptions to start thinking about. And when you do get those special exceptions, I really ask you to think about the electricity, think about the things that we're gonna talk about another time about wires. It, <laughs> electricity doesn't just come from the box on the corner. It comes from someplace. Also, please think about water, right? We're pretty blessed to live here. I'm a Texan, that's where this accent comes from. We're blessed to live here where we've got some water, but data centers take a lot of water. And I've learned today that I thought we had 115 data centers in the county, we have 175. Read the, read the Washington Post article about water. It was in April, data centers take, um, about one to five million gallons of water a day. So anyway, um, probably a time. Well, actually, no, you could talk forever since your time hasn't started yet. Oh, oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. well, I actually, I think. No, 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 but, but I, think you're, you think you're close to time and you're kind of here off subject. Just well, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna say, I'm putting a, putting a flag on the field about thinking about water. Okay. Um, because uh, you know, data centers using one to five million gallons of water a day that's about equivalent to a town of 10 to 50,000 people. So then think of that in terms of population. Okay. Right? And so now I've got 30 seconds. Um, I, <laughs> we are the richest county, we're the richest county in America. That's awesome. To, much, to whom much is given, much is required. And I know you all know that. We know that. Farmers know that. Those of us on the hobby farms know it too. 
And so y'all keep doing the good work. We'll keep listening and keeping you all accountable. And you'll see me every time a data center comes up. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, Ms. Chinamar. It's good to see you. Thank you. Um, Sherry Shields, <laughs> followed by um, Christelle Michael, followed by Jean Banish. Good evening. Hi, good evening. How are you? Very um, good. Don't know if you can hear me. I'm too short. Uh, I stand before you today as the new president of the Loudoun County Bed and Breakfast Guild, and my comments are in align with George Ann Overman with regards to the adaptive reuse section of the uh, draft zoning ordinance, and that's 4.09. The adaptive reuse section, while well-intended, raises serious apprehensions regarding its impact on historical preservation and property owners. The broad definition encompasses repurposing structures meeting specific eligibility criteria, including those of at least 50 years old and deemed functionally and economically obsolete uh, by the zoning administrator. The termination of obsolescence involving market analysis and potential financial burdens on property owners introduces an element of uncertainty. The unintended consequences, and yes, I wrote that before this meeting today, so <laughs> sorry it's in there again, uh, but it may discourage owners from pursuing adaptive reuse projects, hindering the preservation of our county's historical assets. Additionally, the exception for buildings vacant for 25 years poses concerns about unintentional promoting neglect as seen in the potential conditions of such structures. Moreover, the historic preservation requirements outlined in section 4.09 surpasses the national register standards. These stringent conditions may incentivize property owners to consider demolition over the complex and costly process outlined in the proposed section. So in conclusion, the Guild respectfully urges the Board of Supervisors to reconsider that section uh, in the draft ordinance. Knowing that you said it's going to go through, I don't know if you can do that with modification and move that to maybe a zone in the future for further discussion. Thank you all for your time and happy holidays. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, Supervisor, we're about down to our last five speakers. Um, Christelle Michelle, followed by Jean uh, Banish, followed by Sam Brown. Good evening. Good evening, and um, thank you all for being here, and thank you for all your hard work the past four years on these zoning ordinances. Um, my name is Christelle Michael, and I oh live Michael, in uh, the Between the Hills community, which is, um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with that, uh, North Loudoun, um, Short Hill Mountain, mm -hmm. but it's absolutely gorgeous. And the, you know, the mountain overlays, which some people had addressed, you know, right now there's no developments there. There's no cluster developments now there. It's just gorgeous. It's a beautiful place. And there's generations of families that live in that community. And um, we're blessed to have a community center and a sense of community in that area. And when our... When we heard of, um, there's a bunch of new developments in Landmark, and um, we haven't had much activity in our in our valley in a long time, so a lot of people in the community were, you know, very concerned. And so we had a meeting um, a couple weeks ago, and some of the things that, you know, just basic stuff that were was coming up was, you know, well water. You know, we're all on well, and um, I was actually talking to Supervisor Kirshner um, about a month and a half ago, and we were talking about with the drought. Some people in our area, their their wells went dry. You know, so that was a big concern. Um, another concern was uh, the roads, of course. You know, we all love Route 9, Route 7, you know, and then Branch River Road. Do we have the infrastructure to support all these new developments? How is it going to affect the environment? Um, the environment, you know, we have a little piney run is one of the creeks that runs through all the way down to Potomac Wayside. There's thousands of people 
um, spring, summer, and fall that enjoy that park. And all the runoff from anything we do, any developments made in, in our area is gonna flow into that and it's gonna affect um, their recreation. Um, and you know, I understand that um, one of the planning commission's priority holdover projects to the Western County use standards um, you know, was held over, of course, but we're looking forward to um, getting, making that a priority in January 2024. We have a wonderful community in between the hills, and we're happy to support you in that. And, you know, and as we get involved in this process, if there's working groups and things that we can do to be a part of this, we'd love to, to provide uh, our feedback. And, um, and then I just wanted, you know, again, just mention that, you know, we support your efforts in the holdover CPAMs and ZOAMs in January 2024. Um, and also, I had a great experience. I went to your county office and everyone was very helpful. And they even offered to host a meeting to kind of help address some of these issues with us. So we're very appreciative of the help that you have to offer. Well, thank, thank you. you. And we look forward to working together next year. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Jean Banish, followed by Sam Brown, followed by Jim Bingle. Good evening. Good evening. My name is Jean Banish, and I am one of your neighbors from New Baltimore in Fauquier County. And may I say this is so refreshingly different from yesterday's through today's Prince William County Board meeting. Um, I admire the cooperative work that you've put into the, the huge tome of the zoning ordinance rewrite. Um, Oh, and as an aside, somebody had mentioned that it's often better not to include conservation easement land in density figuring. I'm not sure where that had occurred, but, but that's something good to keep in mind. Um, I liked that Mr. Robert Pollard had mentioned the suggestion to restrict zoning. Um, Please hold on to all the public comments and, and uh, critiques because they'll be very valuable in providing input for use in January's commencement of review to do quick fixes to the zoning ordinance rewrite. One reason this is particularly important is with regards to data center overdevelopment. This does relate to zoning. In both Fauquier County and Prince William counties, laws intended to protect communities are being bypassed or skirted in favor of facilitating data center plan applicants' desires. Loudoun's zoning ordinance rewrite puts you ahead of other counties to potentially address the need for state-level legislation to ensure enforcement of zoning protections for residents. If it were my home, um, I would want the most professional county administrators to tackle this first. Perhaps it might take the form of something like legislation that extends neighbors' rights to have more say over rezoning special exceptions and boundary adjustments by easy access to binding referenda where data centers should not go if it were my home. Perhaps Virginia's fossil fuel phase out goals could legally supersede data center approvals related pollution. Um, Ms. Yeah, yes. Ms. Bainish, your, your time is up. Oh, thank, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you very so much. much. Um, uh, our last three speakers are Sam Brown, followed by Jim Bingle, 
followed by Adam Stevenson. Good evening, Mr. Brown. Good evening. Uh, my name is Sam Brown. Uh, good evening, Mr. Ms. Chairman and members of the Board of Supervisors. I ask that you put more, put more language in the zoning ordinances to keep agriculture in Loudoun County. We have in Loudoun Valley some of the best soil in, for growing food in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And what are we doing to it? Building houses, it's how ridiculous. We need to save that wonderful soil for growing food. You could say we could get our food from somewhere else. Well, that's not a good idea. Other food growing areas in the country could run into difficulties not be able to provide food outside of their borders. We can't depend upon them. We have to depend upon ourselves. We have to be able to grow our own food. Please add language to the zoning ordinance to provide land for agriculture in our county. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Um, Jim Bingle, followed by Adam Stevenson. Good evening. Good evening, Chair Randall and board members. Thank you. Thank you, staff. Thank you, planning commissioners and everybody that's participated. There's a book called The Wisdom of Crowds. It's wonderful. I would recommend it to anybody in government re regarding the public process and how valuable of diversity of opinions are for coming up with the best possible product. And you've done that. It was with some exceptions, which you've heard about already. And I will um, just say, yes, we still need things to be done, both regarding the rural policy area and for data centers. But you've done a lot for data center control, for standards, for natural resources, and to protect the health, safety, and welfare of residents. So is this perfect? No. Um, but you could work another five years and not have it to be perfect. In fact, I was asked, why does PEC support, um, support passing this draft now, when more time and edits could make it better? Well, in theory, that might make sense, but you know, having not been involved, perhaps, in this whole process, um, they, the understanding that we don't get those benefits of, the res of what's been done already unless the ordinance is actually adopted. So yes, go. Um, we think that there are definitely corrections that need to be made, edits that need to be made, we know that there will be mistakes that only become evident once the ordinance starts to be used. That happens all the time. So a process that's collaborative and works on addressing those things as they come up quickly to resolve them and move on, I think is really important. I encourage you to continue the collaborative approach that you, you really initiated with this ordinance. It's been Great, and I encourage you to include more people in that process, more in more interests in that process going forward. Thank you, and for sticking it out for a very long night. Thank you. Thank you. And then our last speaker is Adam Stevenson, and then I will be making a motion. Mr. Stevenson? Adam Stevenson. Going once, going twice. Okay, then I would make in two motions. Supervisors, I move that the Board of Supervisors suspend the rules. Mr. Turner, if you're gonna be in on this, you better get, get, come faster, man. Okay, you could. Motion made, second by Supervisor Buffington. Discussion on suspension of the rules.
Seeing none, all in favor, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? That motion will pass um, 801. I move that the Board of Supervisors direct staff to revise section 7.05.03G noise study of the final draft zoning ordinance as provided in attachment one to the December 1st, uh, to, to attachment one to December 13th, 2023, Board of Supervisors Public Hearing Supplemental 2 Staff Report. I further move the Board of Supervisors adopt the zoning ordinance approving and adopting ZOAM 2020-0001 zoning ordinance rewrite as provided in attachment three to the December 13, 2023 Board of Supervisors public hearing staff report. I further move the Board of Supervisors adopt the resolution approving grandfathering rules for ZOAM 2020-0001 zoning ordinance rewrite as provided in attachment one to the December 13, 2023 Board of Supervisors public hearing supplemental one staff report. I further move the Board of Supervisors adopt the interim technical standards resolution as provided in attachment six to the December 13, 2023 Board of Supervisors public hearing staff report. And I further move the Board of Supervisors direct staff to initiate a review of the codified ordinance of Loudoun County to identify any sections that require updating due to the adoption of the new Loudoun County Zoning Ordinance and return to a future Board of Supervisors business meeting with a proposed resolution, resolution initiating amendments to such sections of the codified ordinance. Second. Motion made and seconded by <laughs> Supervisor Turner, um, who deserves to second this motion. Well, first of all, um, a lot of people have come up today and thanked, thanked me and thanked Mr. Turner and thanked us. And I want to truthfully thank you because there were so many, I mean, we had, we have hundreds of comments um, and, and, and emails and phone calls. And then in the past, I guess, three to four months, uh, so many meetings with, with stakeholders. I mean, I mean, we met, Mr. Turner and I met every single Friday. Um, after our meetings on on Thursday, uh, and it was like a continuous conversation. I talked to I think Theo Stamatis like every every day for like three months. Um, so I I absolutely want to thank all of our all of our stakeholders. I want to thank the Chamber, MBBIA, NAOP, Visit Loudon, um, the Heritage um, and Preservation Committee, um, Loudon Wildlife, um, all of you all who've been so so involved. Um, mostly, though, I want to thank the staff. You know, I say all the time, we, I put, I will put our staff against any staff in, in America, to be quite honest, any day of the week and, and twice on Sunday. The depth of knowledge, the patience, the, um, the willingness to stick it out and talk. Joe Kroboth, wherever you are at, I don't know where Joe Kroboth is. Where are you? Joe Kroboth, oh my gosh. We must have changed that, that schedule four or five times to meet the needs that we had to meet. Um, Dan, I gotta tell you, you're just, you're just fantastic. And mm -hmm. I, I, I just love your face <laughs> when something happens. I just, you just are such a hard worker. And you're so smart. You were so, so smart. So thank you. Judy, you are calm and calming all the time. I mean, like when I'm like, hair's on fire, you're like, 
uh-huh, and it'd be okay, let's do this next. <laughs> you know, it was absolutely, absolutely incredible. Just the, the depth of knowledge of staff was, was, was just fantastic. We have a document that the PEC and the chamber support. Hear that, the PEC and the chamber support. Um, I will say that I am thrilled and surprised by how many young farmers are in our room today. And I am, I am thrilled that you all didn't just come with, you know, with any complaints really. You came with ideas for what to do when we, when we hit, this, hit the ground running next year. And we will hit the ground running next year. And I did hear you. And what I heard more than anything else is we'll have to reinvent the wheel because all these statements and comments that you were given to us were given to us in the last couple of years. They are valid going forward. And so we'll have to start all over again. So thank you for all of that. Um, the, only the only question I have is um, Ms. Ms. Renshaw talked about um, process screening. I do not understand what she just said to me. Can you guys help me understand? She's talking about farm process screening. You, you actually can't. But I think staff probably, I mean, I'm sure you can. I'm saying, I'm saying you can't. But I'm, I know that you can help me. I'm saying that at this point, I'm gonna, I have to ask staff this question. So do you all, you all know, can you all help me with that? So in section 408.12, we used to um, have a minimum screening standard, but I think the board directed us to take it out. So I'm not seeing a requirement for screening anymore in 408.12. I also wanted to note that we met with st stakeholders and um, Buffington's office to um, talk about revising the definition of agriculture to add that that use includes harvesting, cleaning, sorting, and bundling of agricultural product. So what Avis was um, describing with the corn, that would be a part of agriculture. It, it wouldn't even be considered agricultural processing. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you just said to me. The, I don't. Her, her but, but, concern. But, yeah, can you help me a little bit? Wouldn't, it, it's not a valid concern. Um, there You're saying the concern was already addressed in the zoning ordinance as it's written right now? Correct. Okay, all right. There's I no understand. screening required. All right, thank you. All right, Ms. Uh, Ms. Umstadt. Oh, thank you, Madam Chair. I listened very carefully to what everyone said, and coming in, I thought I was certainly going to vote against this for multiple reasons. But um, Judy Burkett reassured me that the Loudoun County Public Schools are on board with the floodplain regulations. Uh, Kim Hart reassured me that uh, his industry is on board with um, the affordable housing regulations. Uh, Mr. Junda um, was not 100% on board, but but he seemed to advocate for passing this tonight. So that takes care of my concerns about commercial industry impacts. Um, Theo with the chamber uh, supported adoption tonight. So that takes care of my concerns about where the business community is. The farmers remain frustrated. That worries me. 
Um, but there appeared to be hope um, expressed by them that their concerns will be further addressed um, in the future. I remain worried about a couple of things. I remain worried about um, the folks in the Route 28 corridor who may feel that they got the short end of the stick. I remain worried about property owners in rural Loudoun who were not engaged because they thought they didn't have to be and who are facing um, significant restrictions on how they can use their property if they are um, adjacent to any waterway. I think we'll hear a lot from them as regulations are put in place because we heard a lot of them Dec uh, over a decade ago when a previous board imposed a wider riparian buffer. But this imperfect document, which took up a lot of time for a lot of people, especially our staff and our citizens, I think is the best we're gonna get right now. I do think we'll have to look at some significant amendments in the future, but um, given that the only constituents of mine who came out said to vote for it. I take that with uh, some special significance. So, Jim, Michael, thank you. Um, I will be voting for it, thank you. Um, Mr. Letourneau. Thank you, uh, Madam Chair. I'd like to echo all of the thank yous for staff and for the stakeholders. I wanna add the Planning Commission to that list as well, because I know they did quite a bit of work and got this to a, a, a point where it was easier for us to work with. Um, we really had a, a great deal of good faith involvement. I don't think my time is running, just just noting. Um, uh, and I don't wanna be here all night, even myself, so <laughs> listening to myself. Uh, we had a great deal of, of good faith involvement from a lot of people um, from really all sides of, of, of the debate, uh, and that was really, really helpful. Um, I do want to note a few things kind of in reaction to all the speakers. If everything is a priority, nothing is a priority. We heard about five or six different priorities. They all can't be the first priority. I think we do have kind of an established work plan for our ZOAMs to address what the board uh, thinks are the priorities that need to be addressed first. And I think the good news is the things we're hearing about the most are at the top of that work plan list. Um, but I do you know, have to note that it's always demanding on staff. Uh, we're gonna be rolling right into that. Um, I don't know quite what to make out of the fact that literally every single speaker tonight was basically from three districts. Uh, we had no speakers from Dulles, Sterling, Algonquian, or Broad Run, to my knowledge. Um, I hope that that means the residents of those districts representing half the county's population are quite satisfied with the work that we did here, especially because the bulk of the zoning ordinance really actually is affecting more of them than it is um, a lot of the folks we, we did hear from who have uh, ZOAMs that will be getting into some of those specific issues. Um, and there are a lot of things that we did in this that won't get a lot of attention, but are very important about defining the specifics of the urban policy area um, and really what transit-oriented development means, uh, modernizing uh, a lot of the work around uh, how to sort of mix uh, our uses, um, and uh, just modernize uh, so much of the zoning ordinance uh, that had just fallen out of date. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the kind of stuff that doesn't get a lot of attention. 
but it's critically important for us to uh, have the type of county that we want to have uh, moving forward. Uh, and we do have challenges. Um, you know, data centers are certainly one of them. Um, I do feel at least somewhat compelled, uh, given all the comments tonight, to note that every single resident in the county is paying something like $1,500 to $2,000 less per year in taxes because we have data centers. And that is part of the balance that we have. Um, it's easy for some folks to simply say, no more data centers, I don't want them. Um, well, yes, but we also hear from residents who are really strained in their budgets and the money that they're saving is what their family's using to go on vacation. So that's the balance that we have. I agree with a lot of the comments and a lot of the concerns, and I've said that um, you know, throughout the process and I've supported what's in the zoning ordinance, but I just bring that up because uh, what we do up here is, is complicated and there are competing interests and we have to kind of sort through them. So thank you to everybody and I look forward to voting in favor of the zoning ordinance. Thank you, Ms. Brixman. Thank you, Madam Chair. Well, congratulations, everyone. We can do hard things. Um, and uh, I, I also thank staff and all the partners in the community um, that worked with us on this. Um, but I think someone that's not getting enough credit about on this is the chair. Sure. And Chair Randall had a plan when she came in last term to get the general plan done. And main goal this term was the zoning ordinance rewrite among all of the other important work we do here. And um, she did it, and she led us through it. And I think that you should be commended for that, Madam Chair. Thank you. Um, the working committees that you put together at the end were key, and the process was excellent. So I just want to put that out there and on the record that, that you should be commended for this. Um, as I go to regional bodies and regional meetings, um, something I hear a lot about are data centers, obviously. <laughs> and data centers want to come to my county, what should I do? Or we really want to get some of that revenue, what should we do? <laughs> and one of the things I always tell my colleagues from other jurisdictions is have your house in order. Have your general plan updated. Have your zoning ordinance updated before you say yes to the first one. Because once you say yes to the first one, you are open for business. So you better have your house in order. We are feeling the pain of not having our house in order and we've been doing the best we can, but now we will have our house in order. Um, I associate myself with many of the comments from Supervisor Letourneau that so many things that we did in this zoning ordinance around the metro stations and parking. I mean, the, the time we spent talking about parking <laughs> is unbelievable, right? And town centers and, and all these things that are gonna make our county great. I, I would have a little bit of a disagreement about what we should be prioritizing. I know we have a planning and zoning work plan, I really honestly think that data centers are the first thing we should be thinking about, that data center, P CPAM, and ZOAM are critical. Because yes, once you put a house down on farmland, you can't farm it anymore, but guess what? Once you put a data center down somewhere else, you can't put a house there, an apartment building, flex industrial, you can't put any of that there, and that creates more pressure on other parts of the county to take that development. So I will be advocating strongly that we work on that data center CPAM design standards mapping project um, really, really soon <laughs> and fast as we can. Um, some of the things we did do though that, that may have gotten lost, we have now special exception in PDOP office park. We now have a special exception for data centers in PDRDP research development. We have more design standards buffers and setbacks. 
Um, and I think that's all I have time I have. Thank you. I will be supporting. Thank you. Mr. Turner. Well, thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, I want to echo Supervisor uh, Briskman's comments. Um, you were the captain of this ship. I personally, I wasn't here the first term, I, but I would be surprised if you didn't consider this your crowning achievement in, in your two terms. Um, you were the one when everybody was screaming from the rafters in July, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, the end is near, we have to push this into the next term. And you just very quietly and unflappably sat there and said, no, we're going to do it this term. And then came up with a plan to do precisely that. It's an extraordinary achievement. And I would hope and pray that the press uh, sings your praises because th you deserve it. This is, uh, this is right, right on your shoulders and, and well-deserved praise. Um, Judy, Brian, Rick, Kate, Dan, Mark, and Charles uh, Yudd, wherever you are, um, we're going to have designed now, and in fact, I'll pay for it out of my own pocket because we know how sensitive that is these days. <laughs> I'm going to design and pay for superhero uniforms <laughs> that have a giant Z on the check. <laughs> I haven't decided yet what color I'm going to make them, but there'll be booties involved, maybe a little, maybe a little mask. But, uh, and, and uh, Chair Randall, we'll get you one for yourself as well. And maybe a special, a special C on the front instead of, instead of the Z, so you can have a chair, a chair uniform. Um, uh, and my, also, thanks to my uh, Chief of Staff, Rachel Mai, um, we had about two months there where Rachel and I basically had our phones stitched to the side of our heads because we were going through the ZOR process. And um, uh, we made a really good team. I'm really proud of the work that we did. Um, but there are so many times during that process where I thought my head was literally going to explode. And all I could think of is, yeah, you think you got it bad. You should see the DPZ staff that's working on this <laughs> because they've been living with this for, for years. Um, your achievement has, is just astounding. It is an astounding achievement. It, it will never be appreciated by the citizens of Loudoun County to the extent that it should be, but it was just an amazing achievement. It really is something. It's a career high. I think it should be. Um, and I wish I could say it's all over, but it ain't. <laughs> we're, we're heading into the, into the next stretch. So thank you all very much. Thank you, Madam Chair, for all your extraordinary leadership. And uh, I couldn't have been proud of the work that we all did. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mr. Kirshner. Thank you, Madam Chair. And one thing that was very evident to me tonight is that uh, the folks in Western Loudoun are very alive and well and have a lot to say. So um, I'm honored to be able to represent you these past four years and going into the next four years and kind of tackling some of the ZOAM. There is a lot of thanks that go out. I'm not going to repeat everything everybody said. I do want to start with all the staff and not just you sitting here at the table, but those who, you, who worked under you, who worked with you, this is a huge undertaking, partly because we haven't done a general plan for, you know, a long time. And uh, I was pretty skeptical, I'll have to be really honest, starting the process. Um, well, before I get into that, I'm going to also thank the Planning Commission. Mark Miller texted me and said, you better thank me. So <laughs> I'm thanking him and everyone that worked on it. That's, they did a yeoman's work before it ever got up here. Um, I want to thank this board for the work that you did, um, for all the public that came out, for all the stakeholders and the leadership within those stakeholders. Uh, it was, it's a tremendous. So enough of the Emmy Award that I just received and thanking everybody. Um, I'm sure someone got forgot through this whole process. 
But I was pretty skeptical when we started this process here on the board. And um, I was not planning to vote for this initially, as a matter of fact. But I think there were two really big turning points. Um, Chair Randall had a lot to do with that. Supervisor Turner, Mr. Letourneau, and others here on this board, when we really met with, had those work sessions with a lot of the industry, um, we had some of those closed sessions on the grandfathering. We came up with some pretty good modifiability. This is, as someone mentioned, I think either here or that spoke, this is not the perfect document. Um, but I, if you find the perfect document other than the Gettysburg Address, let me know. And um, it's uh, quite frankly uh, uh, a good working document. It's going to need some changes. I want to mention, a lot of folks mentioned um, a lot of things weren't done in the rural policy area. Um, we kind of did that intentionally, I think, uh, and I was in favor of setting that off till next year. A couple of reasons. One, the general plan is in large part wants to leave rural policy area alone, but it doesn't mean it all has to be left alone. And I think there's some things that can be worked on as was mentioned tonight. Um, but also, you know, as was mentioned before, there are unintended consequences. And we were going through a very big change in a very big document. And if we messed anything up in the rural policy area, it, right. it, you're not a developer, you can't handle it. These small businesses in the Western part can't handle it like some of these uh, bigger folks who are developing or data center folks. And uh, you know, those are unintended consequences. So when we go through this ZOAM in the West, we're gonna be real careful because we really wanna make it the right kind of document to improve our rural economy as well. So. Um, I'm looking forward to also updating our general plan more regularly, perhaps policy areas, et cetera. And I want to thank everyone for coming out tonight. Thank you, Mr. Kirsten. Mr. Buffington. Thank you, Madam Chair. I too want to thank you for your leadership throughout this process. It's been a long process, and as we got in the last year of it, I really didn't think we were going to finish it in the last year of it, or this year. Um, and you said we were. And I was extremely skeptical, and I told you that. And uh, you said we'll get it done, and we did. So I think a lot, a lot of credit goes to you. So thank you for that, and as well the full board and the planning commission. And but really, uh, county staff, you guys, what a lift that this was. Um, we don't even realize how much work you put into it. I know that we don't realize that, but it was a ton of work, and it was a ton of good work, and you deserve uh, the praise that you're getting tonight, and and much more and uh, get ready for some more work, it sounds like. <laughs> right? So take a little vacation and then come on back in January. <laughs> right? um, Mr. Hemstreet, a lot of leadership from you all, um, from you in particular. Um, Leo, a lot of leadership from you too. And uh, I know you guys don't get thanked enough for what you do, but uh, you're very much appreciated. My staff, before I forget to thank my staff, um, you guys got me through this. Um, thank you so much for that. And uh, I know it's been a huge learning curve and learning process for all of us. And uh, while it's not a perfect document, nothing ever is. I like what Jim said, if, if we, why are we passing it now when it's not a perfect document? We could keep on working on it and make it better and better. With, with that argument, we could never pass it. We would always be working on it. It would be a great uh, hypothetical document that would never be in. <laughs> so let's implement it and let's uh, take advantage of those good changes that have been made. Let's let's realize what what are the ones that are not so good, and let's work on that uh, going forward. So I will definitely be voting in support of this, and uh, I just appreciate all the work and the community. I, I didn't think the public. Uh, we obviously could not have done this without the public. 
Um, we heard from both sides and, you know, more than just both sides, you know, um, we heard from all kinds of sides to every issue. And I think this is a good balance and uh, we'll make it better going forward. So thank you. Thank you, Mr. Saints. Well, thank you, Madam Chair. Yeah, I'll, you know, sorry to piggyback on a lot of what's been said already, but I'll say it myself too. Thank you to our staff. Thank you to uh, Mr. Hemstreet, Mr. Rogers. Thank you, Ms. Uh, Sidnor and your staff for all your help. Um, our staff, Christy, Tiani, uh, helping us get through this and getting to this point. Uh, thank you to the chair. Um, yeah, I know earlier on, you know, we had a goal of getting this done during this term and there was a little bit of wavering on some of us and you said, nope, we are doing this. And uh, yeah, as I've known for many years now, when you set your mind to something, it, it happens and, and you ushered us through through this, some of us kicking and screaming, but you made it happen. Um, Supervisor Turner, thank you for your, your leadership and, and efforts on this as well. You've done a great job as TLUC chair. And, uh, and I, so uh, thank you to you and your staff as well for all, for all your efforts. But again, to our staff here, thank you uh, so much. Hope you guys are, after this, gonna go out for, for some celebratory drinks at some point, uh, you deserve it. So, so please do so and, and let us know when that happens. Maybe some of us will join, join you. <laughs> join you in, in, in that, yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't have to be today, but another day, who knows. Um, but real quickly, you know, we, we covered a lot of ground in this document, you know, a lot of it has been mentioned and talked about for the data centers, what we've done, but just to highlight again, some of the stuff that we've, we put in here is we required soundproofing materials for the data centers. We've required now screening, for you know, for their for the um, for the trash enclosures, we've uh, added in uh, setback requirements. We've added in vegetation requirements. We and one of my special uh, things that I'm very proud of here is principal facades on the look and feel of the of the buildings to make sure they look uh, and and have a, a certain design and quality uh, standards that we should have in Loudoun County here. We we put in some elements of uh, some greening. Uh, materials. We've put in a noise study um, requirements as well in here. Uh, we're making sure they're not in residential areas and and making sure a lot of a lot of we put a lot of guardrails in for the data centers as we did for what was talked about earlier with the the new industry that might be coming to our land here is the the, the battery storage. We put a lot of guardrails into that um, and that to the, into that focus area and rightfully so because we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, um, in the in the months and years to come with that one, but we have some good guardrails in, in place. And as I mentioned, this is this was a big endeavor, and I think uh, having the the rural ZOM uh, coming up uh, in the next in the next year, as well as uh, tackling some more of the data centers, uh, is the right right path to go. And I look forward to the rural uh, ZOM that's going to be coming in place, and, and we'll be meeting with uh, the farm. Farm folks, and it's going to be odd saying as an Eastern Loud supervisor, but I'm definitely interested in, in paying attention to what's happening out in the West. So, thank you to all. All right. Um, to, for close, I I want to say a couple things. Um, Mike Turner was Mike Turner called me every single day, multiple times a day to talk about this ZOM, and sometimes just to and I quote report in unquote. I could not have gotten this done without you, Mr. Turner. You were a, the, the, I mean, when I, when I lost my um, aunt and when I had to go home and, and take care of my mother, I handed it all to you. And for about 
two weeks, three meetings. You did every you did every meeting. You did all the work, um, and 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 kept me informed so that when I could step back in, it was flawless. You were amazing. Um, my staff. Um, Matt Rogers and I have had a tough four months for reasons that are kind of, you know, we won't even talk about right now. But even in that, going through that, we stayed on this zoning ordinance. And, you know, there were times Matt walked into my office and he was like, let's discuss, you know, this land ban. And I, and I was thinking, if this man don't stop talking to me about this thing, I'm gonna scream because, you know, after a while, you, I mean, like, you literally start getting on each other's nerves because you just are so darn tired. Matt, I could not have done this without you. You are an incredible, incredible young man. And um, you are, I, I just, I couldn't, my office would not function without you, Matt. So thank you so much. Rachel Mai, Rachel, you're brilliant. I mean, so you're just so brilliant, and and you know, Mike is very lucky to have you in his office. We we wouldn't have gotten this done without you either, Rachel. About without Mr. Turner's office at all, we wouldn't have got this done. Um, Charles Judd, if you're listening, and I have a feeling he probably is. Charles Judd, if you're listening, um, you know, uh, the stakeholders kept saying to me these words: "We want to continue the meetings that Mr. Judd had." And that's why we kept the meetings going, because Mr. Yud um, had them. Um, I also think that, you know, w we talk about our staff, but I will tell you, staff was in here on the weekends. Staff was in here late into the evening. You know, you drive into this parking lot, and I have gotten, I've gotten used to wh whose car is whose car, because they were here all the time uh, doing the zoning ordinance. Mr. Turner asked me if this is my crowning achievement. You know what? I think that what's the crowning achievement is the relationships that was built during this process and the fact that we built this process to say how collaborative we can be with our constituents, with the staff, and with the board. So not so much the product itself, but what we did, all of us together, what all of us did to get to this Space and this moment, I think, is the crowning achievement—not of not of one person, but of the entire entire board and every single um, person who was part of this effort. So, thank you so much, um, Mr. Galindo. Before the year's over, I'm gonna bring a cake to your office, and we're just gonna sit down and eat cake <laughs> together. Um, I made the motion. The motion was seconded by my strong right. Arm and Mr. in the T Luck chair, Mr. Turner. All in favor, please say aye. Aye. Any opposed? That motion will pass. 801. Thank you, everybody. Okay, supervisors, let's take a break before we do. We, Mr. Sames will come back and read us into our last closed session. Let's take a break first, though. Actually, yeah, let's take a break Chair. and then just eat Chair. in closed session. Why, do you want to go ahead and adjourn the public hearing? Well, but we can't, t we can't, we're not supposed to take a break before we go in like closed session. Well, no, we. Oh, that's right. I have to, I have to adjourn this. I mean, I'm going to adjourn the public hearing. That, thank you. Thank you. I'll adjourn the public hearing. Thank you.